Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 65, we discuss the decade of Rubik's Cubes, Ronald Reagan, and Spielberg. The Cinema Swamp ranks their top 5 and screw it, top 10 80s movies. From ghosts to space wars to raunchy teen comedies, join us as we dig into our favorite movie decade. Yeah, welcome to episode 65, guys. And by the way, like we are actually beginning, but do you know how many episodes begin with us saying the episode and we're all laughing? And it's like, oh, really? we don't what are we even laughing? Out of like, context? There's, I think there's nothing better than that. Um, we're just looking forward to our 69th episode. It does kind of sound like we're either that same joke. highly drunk. <laughs> what's, what's eight less than 69? Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds four more than 69. <laughs> 73. <laughs> I'm just glad we're getting the math right. Um, every episode, it sounds like we're either high or drunk at the beginning. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, we had Jack Courtney scheduled for tonight, but uh, we had to reschedule. So, uh, tonight we're going to be doing a different episode. He didn't fit in our schedule. He didn't fit in this house with his masculine giant body, his racist cocaine addicted physique. <laughs> Another out of context joke for you. I like. There's so many <laughs> jokes related to things that are just not recorded. <laughs> yeah, I know that probably will make it. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're doing our top ten favorite eighty movies. Eighties movies. Top of eighty time. movies. Top eighty, <laughs> 80 movies. Go. Go. Yeah. We should we should do like top eighty eighties movies and top mm-hmm. ninety nineties movies and then oh. top two thousand two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Number two thousand. Top two thousand and ten. Two thousand ten movies. At least in the okay, one. probably at the bottom of the like <laughs> top two thousand two thousands movies would probably be. Uh, that Kung Fu Panda like rip off chop kick panda that'd probably be number <laughs> is 2000 a real thing? it is a real thing and oh. I own it it's somewhere back there uh, <laughs> uh, no top top uh, well we were gonna do top 580s and then Goble just completely it's overrode that I just think you can't. you can't do it justice and because we don't have the same I, movies for the you know I seriously tried to only limit it to 10 and I ended up with 16 and I'm still not <clears> happy with it Mm-hmm. I had 16 listed on Letterboxd that were all five-star movies, so it was kind of hard to... Mm-hmm. I finished my list, and then I realized one of them didn't even make the list, and I had to read... Because it wasn't a 70s movie? Or was it 80s? Or? No, it wasn't 80s, but I mean, I just kind of forgot about it, and then I was like, oh, but that one's so good, too. And Yeah. I have a top 25 for, like, everything on Letterboxd, just because it makes it easy when it comes time for this. I can just pick the top 10 out of that, and mm-hmm. it moved around a little bit in preparation, but... Hmm. Chloe, how do you make your list? Uh, I actually kind of struggled getting to 10 because I saw... I've seen a lot of 80s movies, and I like a lot of them, but not enough to call them my favorites. But of the 80s. Yeah, not my favorites of the 80s. So it was hard finding 10 in general? Yeah. Oh. Like 10 that I would consider my top 10 of the entire 80s. Okay. Well, and what was your opposite experience like? There were too many, and I couldn't just pick ten. <laughs> yeah. There, there's whole trilogies that I can't touch. Yeah. That's the thing, too, is, like, you, what do you want to give attention to? Like, like ooh, Batman is great, but yeah. Young Guns, I, I, you know, I want a Western on there, you right. know? And, and it's just, like, impossible to catch up on everything again, because, like, 
oh, yeah, I love Lethal Weapon, but I've seen it one time. Can I really put that in my top ten? Yep. No, yeah. but I really wish I would have seen it again. Cause, and, but even if I watch it another three times, I don't know mm-hmm. if it'd still make the top ten. It's, it's such a difficult decade because so many movies were are still mm-hmm. like pop culture cornerstones and yeah. half of my list is Spielberg movies which isn't mm-hmm. like because I love Spielberg it's because he was involved in he so was many the 80s the guy movies yeah. I wish I had more obscure movies but I really don't because mm-hmm. god some of these movies are considered some of the best of all time yeah so if we have repeats you know we'll talk about them in length but then skip over them like our last episode probably you know I I think um, you know, I, I like. I think we should mention maybe just a really quick honor three honorable mentions. I have five, you know, and then go into <laughs> it because like the eighties. Like this is a, this is the probably the the episode I've been looking forward to the most for a while. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Well, uh, I'll just you know I got five honorable mentions. So screw you. I'm just, okay. We could do five. No, I'm doing I have it. Five. Which we can go over them quick. Um, I'll just I'll just list, list my off real quick. Uh. Ghostbusters, Blade Runner, Full Metal Jacket, Do the Right Thing, The Breakfast Club. Ooh. I like it. Are we going around? Yeah, just... Okay. I have six. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Police Academy, Adventures in Babysitting, Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, and The Princess Bride. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I have five. Uh, Temple of Doom, Breakfast Club, The Neverending Story, The Lost Boys, and Friday the 13th. Cool. Still haven't seen Lost Boys. I haven't either, yeah. Um, so I have, uh, the OG Batman. I have Young Guns, which is like the only Western Mm -hmm. in my top 25, unfortunately. E.T. Mad Max 2, Road Warrior. Cool movie. Um... I just realized I accidentally started reading my top six, so there's six. That's okay. <laughs> um, Akira. Have you guys heard of Akira? The anime film. Mm-hmm. I watched that... it this week for the first time, and I have not stopped thinking about it. That's like the movie that put anime on the map in the U.S. Yep. Surprisingly good. I'm surprised there's not a, like a live-action remake of this. Um, and the last one, Dark Crystal. They are heavily planning it. Like, are they really? And Christopher Nolan's name's been up, brought up more really? than once. So they they want to do it. I that's watching that movie is like I get huge Christopher Nolan vibes or um, Denis Villeneuve vibes from it. I won't be sur- they'll probably do it eventually, mm-hmm. but I'd love to see the original. I've always it's still on my. I have like a top ten movies I have yet to see on mm-hmm. Letterbox. It's still on there and. I gotta get to it eventually. It's on Hulu if you have that. Oh, well, there you- <laughs> and you have it. There's an English dub version which I watched. That's pro. I probably maybe if not tonight, tomorrow. It's kind um, of a long movie, but it's good. How long is it? Like two and a half hours. That's like for an anime. That's really long. I mean, for well, like two just hours animation in general. Yeah. Um, I see, and even just movies that were in the honorable mentions. It's like God, I, I would love to watch Mad Max two again. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't even add E. T. or Batman, but both I've seen many times and love so much. And mm-hmm. Zach, I'm surprised you put Police Academy in there. It's <laughs> a good one. You know, I Why are you? I'm, I don't like that movie. No. You know, it's funny. I own all. I do own all those movies. Actually, the entire set because I I want to watch them all eventually. But the first one I thought was pretty stupid. But I, love it. 
I get why people love it. Um, but yeah, now we can get into our real list. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. That was the honorable mentions, and there were so many just, like, powerhouse movies there. Mm-hmm. Do you um, want to go first, Justin? Maybe quick, just say what you based your list off of. Is I, it best of, favorite, watchability? Yeah, I, I probably base mine on, on mostly rewatchability. So many of these I've seen so many times that as far as, like, actually ranking them, I'm like, okay, but is this one really... This one's better. Mm-hmm. Um... The first one might be controversial just because you'll remember my top ten list and you might question me about why it's at the bottom. <laughs> um, okay. My, my number ten is Return of the Jedi. Um, if you remember my top ten list, I did my top four... My, my four fourth favorite movie of all time was Star Wars slash Empire Strikes Back slash Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. You which you kind of argued, and then that. I was like, well, it'd be only Star Wars, but I can't really watch that one without the other ones. Mm-hmm. But on my 80s list, I put Return of the Jedi at 10. Even though, if we're talking about it with like the series, I have to watch it with the series, and it's so good with the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's better movies from the mm-hmm. 80s. We might have like a ranking trilogy episode someday. That's like movie trilogy. Yeah, favorite like top five trilogies or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where Return of the Jedi is. We have talked about it extensively in the past. Uh, just, I mean, it's still a solid movie. Mm-hmm. Good special. The best special effects in the entire franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean of the original trilogy, and um, I like the Ewoks. So mm-hmm. screw you. It's an eighties staple movie. It is. Uh, I think we should move on to Zach after. I don't have much to say about Return of the Jedi, just because we, we've talked about yeah. it in other episodes. Yeah. In talking about the 80s, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about the franchises that made the 80s, like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It'll come up. I could go next. Yeah. Cool. Um, Are you still making your list? I'm moving to <laughs> My 10th favorite 80s movie of all time is Blade Runner. I uh, watched it for the first time a couple of years ago and did not know what the heck it was about. It was like the first movie I think I saw where it was like a uh, com- uh, contemplative movie where it's like there's a story but it's way more about how you feel about it and the feelings that it gives you and the... the uh, metaphorical nature of the movie like I didn't understand the depth I was supposed to get out of it and so I watched it like a little bit after after like having like read a lot up on it and like fell in love with it and watched it many times since then and then Blade Runner 2049 came out and that blew me away which made me love the OG Blade Runner way more I love Harrison Ford I like that noir future LA um stuff in it it's really good cyberpunk type of movie that's probably um, his I would say best performance of that decade mm-hmm. I would probably of his like other big franchises especially mm-hmm. we watched that movie in uh, high school and I remember everybody hated it yeah um and it's I weird. didn't I don't think I quite understood it in high school mm-hmm. as much as rewatching it for 2049 I'm like god this is just one of the best um not in my top ten. It was in my honorable mentions, but mm-hmm. still, it's just so good. Yeah, I there's only one scene in Blade Runner 
that like I don't know what they're going for and it's like where he's kind of like rapey to like a robot I still <laughs> mm. it's like the one scene where I still am like trying to figure it out if it's supposed to be that or if it's like accidentally rapey or not um my 10th favorite is A Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. I'm glad Ooh. that was listed in this episode Oh, that is a great decade yeah. of horror. So I got a couple more. You said Friday the Thirteenth was in your honorable mentions. Honorable okay, mentions, that's yeah. I got mixed up with your Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. Okay, we watched that one together. You did. Halloween yes, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good time. Uh, I fell asleep. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> so you can't even. You know, I can't I, even evaluate. Well, actually, it. you you were. It was a good time to fall asleep during that movie, though. That's like the opportune movie that's to true. fall asleep to. I yeah. almost died. That's ironic. That movie, like, yeah, it holds up well. Um, and the remake isn't good. I've never so seen you, it. Hey, don't watch it. I do want to watch it. No. <laughs> I think I'll watch it. <laughs> the Nightmare on I've seen, seen the original. The remake? Yeah, it's the remake's awful. terrible. You know what's funny is I, I don't own it because it's not part of the collection that mm-hmm. they released mm-hmm. on Blu-ray. But Friday the 13th's collection includes their remake. The 2000s, what was it, 2008? Some of the remakes are really good. I Some of them are. The Evil Nightmare Dead on Elm Street one? is not. Yeah. Evil Dead's pretty good. It's amazing. Um, I hear the I, Friday the Thirteenth one's pretty good. That one's pretty good Friday too. It kind of stands on its own. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't horrible. The Hall- Halloween's not, not awful horrible. either. It's just it's like it's the kind of a Rob Zombie one? movie. So I mean, it works like that, just not really as a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we watched that too. Um, I don't know if they mm-hmm. were here for that, but we watched that. I either this we did or an episode Halloween. on it. Was he going to do a Halloween versus Halloween versus Halloween or well, something we did, like that? Yeah, we. I think we discussed it um, mm-hmm. among other Halloween movies, but yeah, because we watched the OG ones separately, but then we watched the one new one in theater, and then we watched the Rob Zombie one together. I just wanted. We, to we didn't watch we didn't the watch Rob Zombie one with you. We didn't. No, so oh, yeah, I think bad. you might have ditched by then. Um, you want Danny Trejo in it? Yeah. Then we watched the Lighthouse, so uh, that was yep. good. <laughs> Wait, um, do you have any other? Do that one together. Do you have any more Nightmare on Elm Street movies on your list? No, because I <laughs> actually haven't Elm's. seen any of them. Oh, Warriors best one. It's actually all Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Next one's Jason list. Takes Manhattan. <laughs> no, it's not on your list. It's not. It was on your horror list. It was. Dream it was. Warriors is I'm good. I'm not a big horror guy. She's the horror person. Well, I mean, it hurts I. Me every day. I would probably watch the first one and then Dream Warriors, and <laughs> well, the Dream rest Warriors of them are kind of basically. Avengers, <laughs> so that's probably why I like it. I Actually, it, it would. I would watch Freddy's Dead again because that one is so ridiculous and stupid that it. At that point, it wasn't even Friday the Thirteenth. It was just Robert England being as crazy as possible. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's a part in that movie where he's just the Wicked Witch of the West from <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Like, it's literally a shot-for-shot shot recreation, and it's like, it's not even taken so seriously. But the first movie, he's actually like scary. Like, he's uh-huh. creepy and gross. Got long arms. Right, now it's my turn. So I screwed up with my honorable mentions. I meant uh, <clears throat> to switch this before. So Princess Bride is my number ten. Oh, uh, my honorable mention was uh, Vacation, National Lampoon's. Okay, so uh, Princess Bride is my number ten. It's uh, very Mel Brooksy, even though it's not a Mel Brooks movie. 
I don't know if that's just because the lead actor is also Robin Hood Men tights. I think that too, yeah. Especially <laughs> when it's but, kind of that time period too. Yeah, I just all of a sudden go back to Robin mm-hmm. Hood Men tights when I see it. He's better in Robin Hood Men in tights. Well, I think of that actor. He's also in Ella Enchanted. Like he plays like the best like <laughs> yeah. Renaissance like <laughs> he was the hero mayor in Stranger Things three. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, he came back and he yeah. was good in that too. Oh yeah. Um, Princess Bride is um, it's a good staple. It's just kind of like paying tribute to all classic fairy tales on the way. Mm-hmm. Is he in Liar really Liar? Sells it, huh? Is he in Liar Liar? Who would he be in Liar Liar? Jim Carrey's kid's mm-hmm. stepdad. Is that him? Is that him? Carrey always is his Carrie name. Always. By the way, he wrote Did a say book Jim about um <laughs> Carrey always. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote a book about Princess Bride, so if you're interested. You know, I meet a lot of people, like, who... That's it. That's the whole thing. I meet a lot of people. No. Um, <laughs> I meet a lot of people, and, and I try, and every time I meet someone new, I work into the conversation where I ask them their favorite movie. Mm-hmm. And by far, I would say the number one favorite movie of all time that people tell me is Princess Bride. Really? Most people say Princess Bride, especially, like adults you know yeah um it goes between like inception it's a very quotable movie. or stand by me <laughs> but yeah usually princess bride yeah yeah it's very quotable has a good star power mm-hmm. like it has a billy crystal in it <laughs> when they showed it at cinema last year i knew like four people who like bought tickets way ahead of time and <laughs> all grew a mustache and shaved it perfectly before they went <laughs> So good. That's devotion, isn't it? It's, it's cool. I love that little. That that's what like movie culture is all about. That movie, yeah, it's got a huge fan base around it. Which, um, I guess, I'm mostly just surprised that it does. I mean, I love it. I do, but it's just crazy to me that it does that well and carries that much of a fan base. Mm-hmm. But it is quotable, which is part of it. Yeah, kind of ahead of its time too, because that became such a popular thing to do in the 2000s. Take old fairy tales and mm-hmm. twist them on their side. I mean. Princess Bride, in a way, is kind of like the precursor to Shrek, like in kind of. in a couple ways. Yeah, well, even like that style of humor, where it's not a direct parody; it is its own story. Mm-hmm. That's like where you get like the other guys. You know, it's like the exact same style of humor and storytelling. Where you're like, "Where's this movie going?" Mm-hmm. And it has specific tropes that are funny and quotable, but it plays the same way. All right, it's a good movie, a very '80s staple movie, yeah. I would say. If we made a collective top ten, I would say that's on it. My number nine is Steven Spielberg's best movie of all time, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, this movie, to me, is just one that, even as you hear Spielberg talk about it, you like get the impression that it was perfectly made. <clears throat> this is the only movie he ever made where every single shot was planned before they even started shooting, and mm-hmm. you can feel that. Yeah, You can feel that every single thing was planned perfectly and everything just came together. The tribute aspect of it works so well for what genre it's paying tribute to. And um, just, and still adds so many good characters, a good story, and yeah, just watching the opening scene, uh, I actually watched it this weekend, uh, parts of it, and I rewatched that opening scene, and it's just so well at explaining to you what kind of guy Indiana Jones is going to be um, with just every little detail down to like you know at first when you see him he's really cool and collected and he 
knows that someone's going to like pull a gun on him from behind and that he's not going to just he's not going to murder them but he's going to mm-hmm. stop them and um you know he plays it fair but then as you get into the cave like he's not a genius he actually i mean that whole point of that scene is that he gets it wrong like everything falls apart mm-hmm. and he's got such a good personality um even when he's like falling into that hole and he's grabbing that stick he kind of smiles like oh he finally he's he's gonna be fine and it starts slipping and he just <laughs> harrison mm-hmm. ford's so good at doing that like going from just pleasant and oh, everything's gonna be okay to freaking out oh i'm gonna fall mm-hmm. and die in a hole and um yeah you just you really buy the time period you yeah. really buy those characters um Marianne's kind of like a bit of ahead of her time as far as like female characters go mm-hmm. and it's not I don't think it's as um, I mean because Temple of Doom gets a little dated at times uh, I feel like this one and Last Crusade aged a lot better even though they're dealing with Nazis um, in the kind of comical way mm-hmm. this one I think did it the best because they're not utilized the same way as Last Crusade this one it's way more to the side like Nazis exist but they're not really like they're not really the typical Hitler Nazis that we think of. Mm-hmm. Last Crusade does that more, and they haven't like invaded anywhere yet, you know. Yeah, because this is like pre-America getting involved in yeah. World War Two. There's still like a deep science type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I love that all the crazy stuff, the religious aspects of it, and the ghost part of it mm-hmm. ends up being legit. Like Indiana doesn't really believe it the whole time mm-hmm. and then you get to the end and it just so happens that it's all real which mm-hmm. it's that would have been so cool to watch in 1981 mm-hmm. to go on this like treasure quest and I don't know if people would have expected that that opening that uh, arc was going to cause all the ghosts to show up and mm-hmm. crazy things to happen but you know there's kind of this uh, thing going on throughout the whole movie where it's it's not legit the ghost stuff's not legit. And then you get to the end, it's like, oh, it's real. <laughs> well, there's, there's some parts of that movie that, like, you know, they have it in, like, a box with, like, the Nazi eagle on it. And you see a slow, like, it, the logo burns off the box. You know, and they're in that, like, that that Nazi sub base. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, I, I, as far as I know, I think that's the only, like, supernatural thing leading up to the actual box being opened. But... It's still, you're kind of like, is it or is it not, you know? Mm-hmm. But I love that that's Indiana Jones' thing. I'll go ahead and say this is my... Um, hold on a second. I totally spaced it. It's my number six. Um, I think it's my number three. Nice. Yeah, it's my number three favorite, so... Um, yeah, I feel like I grew up with Indiana Jones. It wasn't until I was probably, probably like a teenager when I realized, like... You know, movies that you watched off and on growing up, you don't put them in context. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, like... Oh yeah, obviously the Wizard of Oz is happening at the same time the Benchwarmers is. Like I didn't <laughs> think about like eras that movies came from. And not even just that it came from, it's like that they took place in where I'm like, oh wow, Indiana Jones takes place like a like a long time ago. Right. And like this like cowboy professor who <laughs> he, like punches Nazis not Nazis. Yeah. Like Nazis is is cool and like yeah nothing ever goes really right but at the same time like things happen where it turns out like you know uh like hindu gods are real and like the you know the jesus cup is real and the ark of the covenant is real you know it's fun to just like sit back and like watch all this action happening and then just think like 
this guy's just like a college professor. Right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's, he's moonlighting as like this action hero, but he's just like a professor. And I even love that scene where he is the professor because he's such an awkward, like, almost, like you could tell that it's not his like primary function in life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's so awkward. And then they add just that little bit up with that girl doing the thing with her eyes, which is so random. Mm-hmm. I was watching it with my girlfriend and she was kind of like, What's that all about? And I'm like, it's trying to show just how awkward he is because he's just kind of like stopping his presentation, mm-hmm. just like, wait, like and he's just such a weirdo. But then he's out, you know, in his fedora and he's the cool guy. And being for being influenced by James Bond, it's amazing that they like took a lot from James Bond, but they really didn't keep the whole cool aspect of him. The the whole there's no mystery to him really. Yeah, and he's not like he's open. James Bond is was way more serious and just like kind of. Uh, almost like never fails, mm-hmm. but Indiana Jones is more serious, but to a point where I, I think he's a li- he doesn't accept that he's a little more sillier than he is, um, which kind of makes mm-hmm. him more interesting. And I mean, he, he's kind of a womanizer like James Bond, but I like that he is at least. You know, he, I just I'm surprised for like being the '80s and especially being the 1930s time period. They kind of gave Marion a lot more to mm-hmm. work with. I really wish she would have been in the sequels. That is like my yeah. one thing. I, well, yeah, but I, but I mean, like, I really wish she would have been. I think that would have improved Temple of Doom immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked who they had in Last Crusade, but I I just I liked Marion a lot. Yeah, and the villain Belloc, which I looked up the actor. He hasn't been in, like, anything else. And I was like, I'm surprised, because he gives another... I think he's great in that movie. Mm -hmm. Like, he's so slimy and just kind of all in it for himself. Mm -hmm. And But he's just kind of, like, an interesting way of saying his lines and talking that I always find really memorable. And every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, this guy. This Mm -hmm. guy's great. Even his name, Belloc. Like, that is just... Yeah. Everything about him. Him as a bad guy, like, it reminds me a lot of, like... Uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and the bad guys on there, and like, um, even like Schindler's List, the the main Nazi, like he's the main Nazi's way worse, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's like the way that he frames a frames a bad guy. <laughs> I just hit, I just punched okay, the microphone. Okay. Um, uh, the way he frames a bad guy, uh, it starts to come into picture really well with Belloc, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's a good tone for the rest of Spielberg's work. We can move on to your mm-hmm. number nine oh, yeah. pick. Um, I feel like I just named my own. Uh, my number nine is Karate Kid. It's been a hot minute since I watched it, um, but I still... Uh, that's like one of the first um, coming-of-age movies where I felt like it, it wasn't just about a bunch of kids, just like discovering treasure or like uh finding a dead kid in the woods this is like a kid who like he gets his butt kicked but like he also like trains and goes out and he's like really ambitious and he does it with like respect for like this elder in his life and like he's not really the karate kid it's billy who's the karate kid it's true do you believe that theory that it's like um yeah it's an actual thing he, he's like the villain and billy's actually the good guy who got like screwed, screwed over. over and really that's yeah. on and it's funny because that started out as like a meme in a way well it and, um, started from uh, how i met your mother well yeah it grew from that especially like barney making that whole thing and they even cameoed in the episode um but now even cobra kai kind of has taken that whole like 
in the last decade, it's, such a good show, by the it's, way. it's been like a cultural, like, thing on the internet about how that movie, everyone's been interpreting it wrong, and now they made Cobra Kai, which is basically, uh, saying that, yes, you are all right, like, he is actually the good guy of the story, and he got screwed over. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, like, mm-hmm. I don't think they present him as, as one-dimensionally as the movie did. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, he's fully fleshed out in the Cobra Kai show. <laughs> I have to watch it still. Um, I wanted to watch all the movies before doing it. I've only ever seen the first one. And, Karate um, Kid? Only recently. That oh, was... Really? Karate Kid? There was very few movies that Stella had seen that I hadn't, and I was one of them. Hmm. So we watched it together. And uh, it was it was good, but I was like... It feels like Rocky. Um, it's the same director. So, I mean, that's probably Two, part yeah. of it. Yeah, two's good, three's eh, and then four is like... Not even. Is that where the girl comes in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, The I would say two is really good. The two is like almost as good as the first one is. The third one is very much like a bad Rocky movie. It's it's like Rocky five a hundred percent. Yeah, because there's like the bad. Don't the bad guy. trainer, he like trains him bad. Is, <laughs> like, that, is that the one? Trains him to be a cobra. Is it yeah. the second movie that they uh, go back to Mr. Miyagi's country? Uh, yes, and the then one, yeah. and then the third one is just the one where they go bad, like Spider Man Three bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's like a that has like a trope. In, <laughs> Venom is in it. <laughs> no, like, but actually think about it for a second. Uh, Harry shows up. <laughs> that's a trope in threequels, like where one of the characters go bad. That happened in Spider Man Three. Happened in Superman Three. Um, it happened in oh, yeah. in Karate Kid three. Um, they get bored and they're like, "Let's make him evil." I mean, mm-hmm. even Dark Knight Rises. I mean, he wasn't evil, but everyone thought Batman was evil. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's a trope. Uh, Army of Darkness. There's two two ashes, <laughs> an and one ash. becomes evil and leads the Army of Darkness. <laughs> My God, see, it's a trope. Mm. Also, a Sam Raimi movie about Spider Man. Sam Raimi just likes make he gets bored by the third one. He's like, make him evil. That's mm-hmm. a whole. It's a whole new movie now. Um, got anything else about Karate Kid? Is that on anybody else's list? Not on mine. Well, it's a good movie. I like it. That's kind of all I have to say. I just really like it. I'd have to watch it again, but it's it, very inspirational. It was solid, and I was especially just happy that Mr. Miyagi was actually treated, you know, respectfully, not yeah. like. It wasn't because I hear '80s movie with Asian trainer. I'm like, uh, and, and then you watch and you're like, oh, that was actually mm-hmm. good. That was and he very was, gentle, very Yoda. I don't remember if it was one or two, but when Daniel makes Mr. Miyagi cry, was that number one? Was that Karate Kid one? It made me cry. I don't remember which one it was. I, I can't remember which which is the one where he gets drunk. I think Maggie the first drunk. one because I, I remember seeing that scene. Yeah, so, yeah I think so it's the first, the first one. one. Yeah, that that scene hit me hard. Mm-hmm. I'm interested interested to hear what you think about two. Two is a good one. Yeah, I, I own them all because I found the weird obscure import Blu-ray that had Next Karate Kid. That's the one I was specifically mm-hmm. looking for. I wanted the whole set with. Yeah. I need Next Karate Kid in there. Yeah. I need Hillary Swank as the Karate Kid. <laughs> I totally just remember there's a remake of Karate Kid. I totally oh, yeah. forgot up until you know, this I've exact moment. I actually I saw the remake before uh, the original, Oof. and the the remake's not good. It's actually a good movie. The, I think the biggest complaint about it is not karate, it's kung fu. Like, it's not. Hmm. So, why not just call it the okay, kung fu it's, kid? Because it's in China, right? Yeah. It's, it just does everything backwards. Instead of karate, it's kung fu. Instead of being in America, it's in, uh, it's in China. And instead of, like... 
having a white kid, they have Jaden Smith. Like, so they kind of just changed, like, mm-hmm. aspects like that. But I thought it was, like, a solid movie. Um, Danielson isn't white, by the way. He's actually... No, like Italian. He's, like, Italian. I, yeah. But still, um, that remake was good. Like, I would recommend the remake, mm-hmm. especially for just Jackie Chan, because mm-hmm. Jackie Chan is really good in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good at playing old Jackie Chan, even though he's playing himself older than he actually is. Yeah. Uh, but that's 2010s. So we'll, we'll get to that someday. Uh, <laughs> it won't be in my list, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your number nine? My Chloe? number nine is The Princess Bride. Ooh. Okay. Have anything to add that Zach didn't add about The Princess Bride? No. I didn't say Who's your favorite character? Uh, and favorite scene? Oh, gosh. I really like the scene where, uh, I don't remember his name, but the guy who says, Inconceivable! Uh, yeah, and then um, the where poison. Where he tries to poison Wesley. Yeah, that is probably my favorite That's scene. That's such a good one. Mm-hmm. And everything with Inigo Montoya. My favorite mm-hmm. character is Fred Savage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He doesn't die, you know. Like, like the grandpa yeah. reminding him. Is, what? It's like, I'm just making sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll be fine. Um, Billy Crystal's my favorite in that movie. I think I love just all the parodies of the grandpa yeah. saying the story to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even did that in Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Deadpool. Um, which I still want to see that. Yeah, I've, I've never seen, seen the Fred it. Savage scenes. The, the creatures of unusual size, the rodents of unusual size. Yeah. Um, I I saw a documentary with that same title at the Free Range Film Festival. Oh. And it was called that. And it was actually about these uh, giant rats that are all over in the south called Nutria. Mm-hmm. That they bas- they basically just get up in like sewers and in your house or like plant life and they'll just like destroy environments by just eating everything <laughs> they're you like the trap thing. them in minnesota they're like a, you can get a trapping license for them here and uh the oh yeah because they're here in minnesota there's not as many not common um but they're really crazy mm-hmm. down in the south but they've gotten like the alternative name of the the rodents of unusual <laughs> size because of princess bride and that's what the name of the documentary was cool. it was an entertaining documentary and hunt uh, in the fire swamp <laughs> <laughs> my number nine is indiana jones and the temple of doom Mm. Everyone's least favorite Indiana Jones. Well, I mean, it was on my honorable mentions. It's just the one that I'd always go to as a kid. It was the creepiest one, the most quotable one to me. Um, Watching them all now, though, uh, Raiders is better. (laughs) I know, probably early on, I said that I like Temple of Doom better, but. since then I've watched I've uh, done a marathon or two of Indiana Jones and came to the consensus that uh, Raiders is better but I still really love this one um, I like the Hindu like crazy mythology even though this movie kind of contradicts the first one yeah where he's like I don't believe in all that hocus yeah. pocus magic but jumbo then, like, and then it's like <laughs> this takes place a year earlier what was all this that doesn't oh, count. It's like it's like they they didn't tell Harrison Ford that this was a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they even knew this was going to be a prequel, and I still don't really understand why they did it as a prequel. Other than I think they needed a reason for Marion to not be in it. Uh, but I've never really I've never read about what the specific reason was. I um, this is the one I've seen the least amount. 
It creeped me out as a kid, and then, you know, Crystal Skull came out, and I watched that one probably the most as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I owned it too. That was probably part of it. I'm almost positive me and you saw it together. Probably. For a, book, for a birthday party. Yeah, because I, I, I never saw it in theaters, but I got the DVD, like, when it came out. Yeah. And I like that one, and I, I still do, but, like, rewatch it. It's like, uh, Temple of Doom, I, I, I find the production of it much more interesting. And it's got a good style, but it's just, it's like it was trying to take the notes from Empire Strikes Back about being darker, going for the darker tone, and, like, went overboard with it. And... It's kind of funny, the, the, the writers, which was uh, Gloria Katz and Willard Hayek, um, who, you know, I know their names because they created the movie Howard the Duck. <laughs> um, so they wrote the screenplay for Temple of Doom, but they said that they went to, they took a trip to India for research, and they tried to pay respect to India with that screenplay and they said this is all stuff we learned in India but if you watch the movie it's like horribly offensive and you're like well how monkey brains I I think they've I think they've been interviewed about it and they just kind of said ah I think we just kind of didn't understand or we missed the boat (laughs) but it's like horribly offensive until you kind of hear their perspective and they're like well I think they were trying but they just still were like way off yeah and uh, it's especially funny when you know that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg both had, like, divorces right before that movie was, like, being made. Mm-hmm. So you can, like, feel that. <laughs> There's just, like, a lot of anger with that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but that is often cited as some of the people, like, people who especially grew up in the 80s is their favorite Indiana Jones to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and Molaram is one of the coolest villains. I will... Yeah. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Like his and Short Round's relationship uh, better than any of his like sidekick um, relationships in uh, any of the other movies. Also, I don't know what was their relationship exactly. Oh, it was I like still... a cool father and something, but they were like also equals in a way. I don't understand like how he was able to just have Short Round chill with him everywhere, and um, it's just. I, I kind of when they make the fifth movie, I, I still kind of wish they would bring Short Round back I want into it, even for like a quick cameo. It'd mm-hmm. be so it'd be kind of nice, especially to give that like actor something else to do. Yeah, um, I don't know if the, he's in anything today, but no, I, I know not. he. I've looked it up. Okay, I mean he was in that. He was in Goonies, and then I was like, it. Yeah. Uh, um, but I would love to just kind of see him pop up again, same mm-hmm. actor and everything. He still goes to like conventions and stuff. so... I would love that. I would love to just be in one '80s movie for a quick role, never do anything else, and then just do conventions for fifty dollars autographs. For it has to be like a memorable role, like short round, though. Yeah, like what I'm people remember for. Data and they remember short round. I wonder if that guy who um, from Batman, the number one guy, what was his name? Bob. It's Bob. Uh, Bob the henchman. I wonder if he goes uh, conventions and Probably. just signs fifty dollars autographs for Bob the henchman. I mean, you got an action figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he did, yeah. That's like one of those funny, like ridiculous things that people got. Like the in com- uh, was it Commando, the log that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger carries around. That got an action figure. Just the log from that movie. <laughs> from which movie? Uh, Commando. Commando. This is the beginning of the movie. He like cuts down a tree and just. It's like a massive log. <laughs> like it's, it's, he, he carries it like, like I'm pretty sure like up or down a mountain in the beginning yeah. of the movie. It's a huge, it's extremely obnoxiously huge. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> are you googling a picture of it? You should Google a picture. The log. Just oh, commando, I was go- commando log. I googled the Bob the henchman action. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here, I'll Google. But meanwhile, commando do you have anything log. else to say about Temple of Doom? <laughs> no, I just really like it. That's not how you spell commando. Thanks for telling everyone. You're welcome. He doesn't know how to spell commando, everyone. A word that was made up, but you know. Wait, is commando a real word? Yes. <laughs> it's so sure. big. Okay. It's such a huge <laughs> ass log. <laughs> I want to see it. I have to see it to believe it. It's like a whole tree. It's just. Uh, I thought you start out. It actually is Commando the tree, not the log. Okay. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a log. I guess it'd be categorized as a tree trunk. (laughs) I've never seen Commando. Um, It's a good movie. I really like it. My number eight is uh, Poltergeist. Ooh. This was my number one horror movie, so yeah. uh, still a solid movie. One of the movies I was proud to see in theaters, uh, which was real cool. Um, it's not like the scariest horror movie, but that's why I kind of like it. I think it's a good mix. Um, I like the family aspect of it. I like the... What would that be called? The ghost whisperer that shows up at the house. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know. I just... I. I like the idea of like this movie that takes place in the suburbs and this new um, development that they find out was only possible because the corporate guys did the creepy stuff of building the place on top of a graveyard and not moving the stones. I mean, not moving the caskets. Um, that's the famous final line where he's like, you didn't move the bodies, you only moved the stones. You only moved the stones. And then they just drive away and <laughs> that, that, I, lo- I, I love um, um, Craig, T- Craig T. Nelson in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. it makes me kind of like sad that I haven't like seen him in much things, but he's really good in this movie. And yeah, I've seen him. I, I watch this one every Halloween. So, to me, a staple of the season. Is he Bob from The Incredibles? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. That's probably his, like, most famous role now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, 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 he was the coach. Um, And he's on that TV show. Parenthood. And he was in uh, Coach, which uh, is about a coach from Minnesota. So, Mm. there you go. There's the connection. (laughs) From Blades of Glory, where he's, like, showing them the Iron Lotus. And he's like, all right, you're going to watch it? And then, like, (laughs) they cut off the the other, like, skater's head. He's like, all right, who wants to try it? Let's go. (laughs) Immediately. I always always think of the scene where, like, they first get to the cabin or whatever. And he's like, and don't put your shoes on the Berber. He's like, what, we're going to step in baby food? (laughs) (laughs) What's your number eight? Uh, My number eight is uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Um. Yeah, you've seen it, Justin. Yeah, you guys have seen it yet? No, mm-hmm. I would like to watch it with you guys. Do you I want to see it so it's bad. Good. I do have it on Blu-ray. It's good because you borrowed me your DVD. And I still haven't watched. Oh it. really? <laughs> well, maybe that is the only one I have. Actually, I don't know. Crazy body horror um, stuff. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wait, which Blu-ray do you have? Do you have the one that you could just find in the, any video store with like the thing logo on it with the little like hand smear? I don't know. Cause the I, DVD I have is like it's a special edition. I know, but I don't know if it's the Blu-ray. Well, maybe you do have the Shout Factory Collector's Edition then. Maybe. Huh. It's like a guy's face, and it's like half frozen. Hmm. Um, okay, but there you go. 
Anyway, yeah, for someone who loves practical effects and um, uh, just John Carpenter style of storytelling, um, Kurt Russell. I want to see just uh, Kurt Russell's <laughs> Wilford Brimley. Oof. Uh, wait, that's not him. <laughs> I only know him from the Diabetes commercial. It's c- kind of crazy watching him in that, and then watching him like what he looks like now. Is he still alive? I don't know. That's a good question for the Cinema Swamp today. What, is Wilford Brimley still alive? Or did Diabetes finally take him? I don't know. Keith David. That's who I'm trying to think of. I don't know why. <laughs> Keith David? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I uh, like the whole um, Arctic <laughs> horror thing. Like, like freezing cold... Um, Blizzard, but still something hunting you, type right. of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, found a really cool audio horror podcast called The White Vault, which is very much in this vein of horror. It's really good. But um, yeah, I don't. Know, I think I, I watched the remake, or not the remake, the prequel first, the one with Joel Edgerton. It's like a modern, like, 2000. Oh, you're talking about the 2011 film, okay. Yeah, 2011. And that one is part of that same universe. Yep, I watched that one first. And then, well, how I got turned on to all of it was, like, I had a PS2 game called The Thing. Mm. And it was a sequel to the John Carpenter movie. Um, but I found the 2011 one first. And then I, the last one I watched in that whole universe was the John Carpenter one. Have you ever seen the uh, movie that influenced it? The like nineteen fifty, f- whatever. Yeah, the nineteen fifties one. I looked up like snippets of it because I wanted to know if it was, and it's like a man, right? It's not even. Yeah, but it's it's like a Frankenstein monster or something. Kind of, but it's still it's pretty much everything from that movie, except there's not nearly as much like it. Well, not at all, really, body horror or anything like yeah. that. But it was the direct influence for John Carpenter. Um, that movie. I mean, there's even that. The original thing is played on TV in Halloween, uh, John Carpenter's movie from before. So he's always loved that movie. Mm-hmm. I own that movie, so I, I, we should watch it sometime. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so you can finally complete your entire thing. Thing. Um, thing. That'd be kind of a fun episode to do. Thing, like, thing. that's going over <laughs> three thing. decades of horror. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and like the complete. Like, every 30 years, there's, like, a new thing. So we could do, like, mm-hmm. the one from the 50s, the one from the 80s, and the one from the 2000s, which I, I've never seen the 2000s one. Um, I'd love to get a solid grip on John Carpenter's thing. <laughs> so. Nice. All right, well, we're going to move on. <laughs> <Six> um, <laughs> episode. <laughs> we'll have to cut that. Okay. <laughs> so, my eighth movie. I can almost for sure guarantee it is on no one else's list. Bet. And I can guarantee none of you have seen it. Munchausen. Will you stop? I'm building up hype. <laughs> um, it's an 80s movie that has Jack Purvis, who is the general Ewok. Or the... He's an Ewok. Okay. Um, Uma Thurman and Robin Williams. Okay. And I'd be shocked if you'd heard of it. Is this a surprise last movie on Earth? 
I've had it as my last movie on Earth before, actually, so you've probably heard of it. But it's funny, Robin Williams, I feel like I have a good grasp on most of his movies. Even, You'd think so, Even pre-Like Good Morning Vietnam, and I'm drawing a blank. It's Uma directed Thurman. by the guy who also directed Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Monty Python, The Meaning of Life. Uh, Terry Gilliam? Yes. Is it Brazil? No. Well, I mean, because I guess Uma Thurman's on it, or Robin Williams. Um... What can is it is it, well he wasn't in Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. It's not that either. Well, then I don't know. It is called The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. I have heard of this movie. Have you heard of it? Okay, did I actually, did have it as the last mm-hmm. movie on Earth before. So wait, so, slow down. <laughs> is this movie in German? No. Okay. We watched it in my German class in that's high school. I thought, but that's the story. It, does this movie have like two D animation in it? Is that what the movie's mostly comprised of, or has it got, like, snippets of it? No, it's mostly live action. I'm sure it has snippets. I don't okay, remember maybe exactly. I, that's, maybe I'm thinking of a different... Because that's a very common, like, what is it, name in, mm-hmm. in like, other stories and such. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, like, an actual character. So yeah, I might Baron be, Munchausen is a character. So I might be thinking of something else, because I've seen a... I've seen a uh, Weirdly enough, a Three Stooges movie with that character, but I'm thinking of a different movie that was like 2D animation. But go on about your thing, Terry Gilliam, which I I've never heard of this um, specifically. Yeah, it's wild. Like it is just a fever dream of a movie because it's based off of this character Baron Munchausen, which is basically the human embodiment of Munchausen's like syndrome, kind of, uh, in the way that he just like. He lies about things to make himself feel cooler and, like, fakes basically his whole life. Just, like, with Munchausen syndrome, you fake illnesses to get attention and sympathy and stuff. He fakes pretty much everything mm-hmm. and tells these fantastical stories. Um, Robin Williams is the king of the moon, and his head just kind of floats around, and he has to screw it back on. It's wild. What He's year way is down there. 1988. Okay, so yeah, Robin Thurman is way down there, too. Yep. It would have been, like, early Uma Thurman, but this is kind of later Robin Williams mm-hmm. as far as, like, 80s movies go. Huh. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, I've never... I There's quite a few Terry Gilliam movies I'd still like to get to, um, but that... This is a good one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, it's a, so entertaining. I feel like he's so hit and miss with me. Um, like, I'm not... I've only ever seen Brazil once, but I wasn't nearly as into it as other people are. And Time Bandits didn't really do it for me either. But um, yeah, I, that I, just for Robin Williams, I would love to check it out. It's good. It's a good time. It's got Eric Idle in it, who's in pretty much every Monty Python movie. It's a lot of Monty Python actors, hmm. so it's very funny. Number eight is. Spaceballs, the movie. <laughs> Anyone else have Spaceballs? Spaceballs, the lunchbox. I, I yeah, uh-huh. I, yeah, it's uh, not my favorite Mel Brooks. It's the my movie, favorite Mel Brooks movie. That movie um, is the inspiration for Star Wars, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, Rick Moranis is the proto Darth Vader. I gotta say, Rick Moranis probably could have been a little scarier. But <laughs> I think they got it right with Darth Vader. Uh, so. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't uh, put Colonel Sanders in. Uh, the original Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a great meme today of Spaceballs, actually. The um, the commander and uh, Rick Moranis' character, they took them, and then they posted an image of Kylo Ren with uh, Hux, and they said, 
these characters are basically the Spaceball characters played straight. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Exactly. That's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, this is my number eight. Uh, it's one of the best parodies I'd say ever made. Yeah. It might be. It, it's, I mean, the for best. being specifically Star Wars especially, mm-hmm. um, I like that it did nail down one movie. But it's kind of, to me, that movie's always been sort of the turning point of parodies because he had Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein before then, which were being based on movies, but for the most part, they were like their own thing. Mm-hmm. And then Space Walls came out, and it was very much like, you're just doing Star Wars. That's all you're pretty much doing, except you're making everything funny and twisted. And um, then later, you got the, like, scary movie, and then you got to the point where they were just bringing up not only just every movie from that year, but also movies that weren't released by the time they started production. But they looked at promo images and we're like oh we know let's just throw Incredible Hulk in here because that movie will be coming out I'm sure that will do well mm-hmm. so talking about like superhero yeah when those movies disaster came out. movie but is like the I would ugliest. say that Spaceballs influenced those movies way more than the other Mel Brooks movies because it was on one movie but Spaceballs still did the best yeah. mm-hmm. and um I, I like the movie. I, I guess it's just been a couple years since I've seen it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it. But I, it was always one of those ones that I'd always go back to. I'd, I'd like watch Star Wars and I'd be like, okay, now i gotta watch, I got to watch this one. Or vice versa. I, uh, I haven't seen it probably since I was like, younger. Um, I liked... I watched that in Blazing Saddles when I was younger. And I didn't get bla- into Blazing Saddles like at all. But I really love Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. Um some kind of now that I really love Blazing Saddles, I kind of wonder if it'll be like the inverse of maybe I find Spaceballs to be a little more childish now. But it's so quotable. Cool how still. I find it now, it's it's a little more childish compared to yeah. I went because like I I think I showed after me and like I I watched all the Star Wars movies with with um, this girl I was dating. And then after, showed her Spaceballs, thinking, oh, you'll think this is hilarious if you've seen all the Star Wars. And as I was watching it, I was like, this isn't as funny. But then I watched it again after that, and I'm like, this is hilarious. I go back and forth on Spaceballs. Is that what you guys That's how I feel. But I grew up on it. That's also and, how yeah. I feel about Robin Hood Men Tights, too. Last time I watched it, it wasn't as funny as I remembered it. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'd, if I like watch, watch it in the right mood, I'll be... And see, that was like another that kind of continued this trend of like, well, let's just do kind of one movie because when that movie came out, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves had come out. Um, Mel Brooks tried to get like back in the game uh, of his like roots with um, Jackie Ludden loving it by kind of being a more original thing that just based on several movies, but was mostly its own thing, but that one didn't do well at the box office. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I would love I to. Uh, I love the Dracula movies, so I'm, I'd love to see it just for that, because Young Frankenstein's so good, but... Um, I do. Spaceballs was still very quotable, and there's so many things in it that were... that feel like ahead of its time, especially the stuff about uh, Spaceballs the lunchbox. Spaceballs the <laughs> flamethrower! The kids love, love this, this one. one. Yeah. <laughs> And like the stuff, especially with the, like the video cassette, um, <laughs> well, just the in joke of having all the Mel Brooks movies there, and then like Spaceballs, which I love. I will always appreciate the marketers for doing this. The 
version that's shown on screen is almost completely identical to the one that people could actually buy when it was first released on video cassette. Mm-hmm. It even says on there, Spaceballs the video cassette or whatever. And um, I'm always glad that they stuck to that. Because I feel like I've seen movies before that like have movies within their world, but then like they're like real movies, but then like the real covers in real life don't look like it or the posters or whatever, like spoof movies. Mm-hmm. That one actually stayed true. I was like, good for them. Yeah. Um, my number seven, now that we're on seven, uh, is Gremlins. Hmm. Joe Dante classic. Um, which I feel like this one comes up a lot too and we've done Christmas list, we've done your top ten and yeah. it, it comes up a lot but it is such a, it's a solid... It's a movie that I like more and more every time I watch it, and obviously the practical effects mm-hmm. are great in it. I like that bar scene with all the gremlins. That is pretty much a <laughs> test run for mm-hmm. what you would do for a full movie in Gremlins Two. Yeah, um, I like. It's just such a good like idea for a story that's like of just pure imagination. Because I'm like, I don't know what a mogwai was. Those things are. Yeah. Not of this world. They had to create that and just create these rules for it. And sure, everyone argues that the rules are you break it, it, their plot holes, mm-hmm. sure, whatever. But I'm like, I think it's so interesting. They like give it like a set of rules that you can't do this, can't do that, and um, we see the rules activated not only in a row, but also we see it kind of mixed up at times like we have the gremlin already messed up from eating after midnight but mm-hmm. then he goes and jumps in the water and you're like oh what happens then like do they become a bunch of mogwai or do they become evil mogwai and then you find out and it's like <laughs> then they're all over the town and <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just um wildly entertaining and good yes. christmas movie yes for sure full of the christmas spirit i'm sure this is on your list yeah this is number four on my list so nice definitely went over at my top 10 i love it for the same reasons practical effects um blow me away um i love uh, i i would say i love billy i like billy i think he's a good kid and i wish he existed <laughs> um but i also love all the other characters like i know cory feldman yeah feldman. um him i love like the the mom who like totally like slays like four of them <laughs> and then the inventor dad that's like such a weird plot it's just subplot so confident about everything he yeah. does too <clears throat> I, I, I feel love, like we've talked um, about him before but I, I love that dad a lot and well we talked about in the last episode I said that because we were talking about Judge Reinhold and I said <laughs> I love him in this movie because he's literally only in the beginning yeah. he shows up talks to him at the bar and he's like what are you doing with that art I'm gonna own the bank I'm gonna be a millionaire what are you doing and then like he's not in the movie and I'm like what was that all about I know there's deleted scenes with him but it just has always made me laugh because mm-hmm. I'm like that is such a weird dickish storyline yeah. <laughs> and, just, and it's just gone and yeah. every time I watch it I just I just feel about myself I'm like oh like, yeah <laughs> is that all it's there for Joe Dante thanks is there like deleted scene yeah there are there's supposed I think Does there's a deleted his? scene where he's at the bank and he gets attacked by the gremlins well isn't he in the second one I think so I haven't yeah, seen the second one in a while I think he shows up in the second one but I forget exactly what his purpose what's was what's his name Judge Reinhold oh, yeah uh, you should look it up but um, I like Joe Dranel. <laughs> I do. I honestly, I I do. Like in most things I've seen him in, I. It's weird that it seems like he was in movies from 
the late '90s and then just stopped. Yeah. But he's still alive because I know he was in Santa Claus Three, uh-huh. so he's, he's still in around. All three Be- uh, Beverly Hills Cop movies. Yeah, I forgot That's about it. that. He's. Uh, I'm sure he'll be in the fourth one. Santa Claus movies, um, but yeah, not not Gremlins Two, just I Gremlins One. He was in Beverly Hills Cop. He works well with Eddie no, Murphy. He's, great he's a good straight man. Cop. It's like you know some people's like filmographies on like Letterbox are like kind of you know like all over the place or like the movie that they're known for is kind of like mm-hmm. not their most popular one mm-hmm. he's most known for gremlins but you know it's the smallest most in inconvenient scene it's always like the more like think of a person with like cameo that, like i bet you on brad pitt's list right now i bet you deadpool's like it is. besides fight club i bet you it's deadpool yeah. too that's highest <laughs> oh man um but that's all i got for gremlins uh hunter you can take it off unless uh, is on zach or chloe's list no. Okay. I kind of deliberately kept it off. Oh, <gasps> sure. Why? Because you knew it was going to so come up. Can't play the game like that. You <laughs> cheated. We had to re-record. Okay. Let's start over. Let's remake my list. Okay. It's not on his on Brad Pitt's list. Oh, I guess because he was a cameo. I guess I thought Letterbox listed cameos as like part mm-hmm. of the cast. Oh well. I'll try Matt Damon for. <laughs> Because he is actually kid. He's in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, Thor so. Ragnarok is his number two, and Deadpool <laughs> 2 is his number four. <laughs> Wait, Matt Damon. He was in... Um... Thor Ragnarok and Deadpool 2. Yeah, he was in... Two. Why, what was he in Deadpool 2? He was one of those rednecks on the back of the truck talking about how oh, to wipe his okay. butt. Yep. Yeah. All right, because w- we were talking about that in the last episode. I said, I thought Brad Pitt was in two movies. I was like, really... But it was actually Matt, Matt Damon. Damon, who was two really random cameos. And yeah, he played the truck guy. <laughs> this is number two in four movies. <laughs> Sad. Well, even his number one is Interstellar. <laughs> And he still oh, has yeah, a small and role in that. in that. That was kind of a surprise for the movie. Um, Hunter, unless you got more for Gremlins quick, uh, what's your number seven? Uh, Gremlins is going to be my next tattoo. That's kind of a... Um, oh, really? Yeah. What's it going to be? Uh, the list of rules for you? Be uh, a splattered, yeah. splattered gremlin in a microwave. <laughs> That'd be actually pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Do it's, it. It's gonna be a, a if you're familiar with tattoo culture, it's gonna be a sucky panther tattoo of oh, yes! of the gremlin with the 3D glasses. Oh my god! So it's gonna be like a bucket of popcorn and then the head popping out. It was gonna be sucky panther style Ooh. with the glasses. <laughs> it's gonna be so dope. So and it's gonna be like a forearm tattoo. It's gonna be yeah. out, loud I and love proud. It yeah. So much. For I'll explain it quick. Sucky Panther, basically, someone did a horrible Panther tattoo a while back, and it got like a ton of um, like talk on uh, Instagram page called Sucky Tattoos, and it got so popular that people started doing parodies of a bad tattoo as if it was a good tattoo, where they do pop culture references, and so. I mean, do a Gremlins one. I haven't seen any yet, so I yeah. might be one of the first people. Thanks for explaining that for the audience and not me. I, I knew. I knew what that was. Did uh, you? Yeah. And thanks for explaining it for the others and not me. I knew. Cool. I'm cultured. Justin actually taught me about Sucky Panther because he's got episode. a full body tattoo of Sucky Panthers. Yeah. I am the origin of that story. <laughs> <laughs> he has their OG Sucky Panther tattoo. He has the one and only uh, <laughs> uh, Sucky Cheetah tattoo. <laughs> I had the top Sucky Panther, so yeah. then I put giant Sucky Cheetah on my back. All right, you can do your number seven. Uh, <laughs> um, my number seven is James Cameron's 
Aliens. Um, have y'all you, have you guys seen the Alien movies yet? Damn! All right, when you watch the thing, we can watch Alien and Aliens. Okay. Very important movies. All in one night. Alien and Aliens worth it to watch in one night for sure. Alien is one of the best horror movies ever. Yeah, that's so. what I've heard, and I'm really sad I haven't seen it yet. It's so good, super freaking good. Um, Aliens takes a bit of a turn from Alien. Um, instead of you know, Alien is like a slow burn horror movie. Um, you know, you're trapped in space with one alien. Um, you kind of get a little bit of the mythology in it and stuff, and you're just trying to survive your spaceship. Aliens is like, <clears throat> what if there were a lot of aliens <laughs> and there was actual like commandos instead of just scientists in space? What if there's like a, like a military operation going there, um, but everything bad happens and the whole the the world the universe of Alien is super cool. How like it's it's centered around this space creature but also like um there's a lot of ties into like greek mythology with it and um just the the even the mythology of like the people and the corporations that send people to space to go and study this stuff like is really cool and like it's like a futuristic world of androids and stuff which is really neat um and uh yeah, it, it honestly has a little bit of everything. Aliens, instead of being just an overtly horror movie, it's like an action horror movie. Uh, and uh, it's a little bit more, you know, there's way more guns, a lot more explosions. The aliens are bigger. It's kind of just... T2 compared to T1? It's yeah, weird how... A lot like, of people those, compare like, it to that. Those two, like, sequels... Um, mm-hmm. And original films kind of go hand in hand, even like with the same creator for most of them. Mm-hmm. It's Titanic, Titanic two, same thing. <laughs> I would, I, yeah. Titanic fights back. <laughs> Rogue One two. <laughs> well, I, 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 I kind of would think that'd be an awesome like if you were to program a two night double feature show the first alien and the first Terminator, then the second night do the first aliens and the second Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um. That would be like a wacky like four movie uh, two night thing. You anybody mm-hmm. could plan that, but yeah, like it's kind of weird how much those go hand in hand. I don't know if we've talked about God. There's so many episodes I can't even remember if we've talked about aliens in Mm-mm. the past. But we talked about Alien, but not yeah, aliens as far well, for as the I know. horror episodes, especially. I think that was on even my list, but mm-hmm. I 1970s list for sure. I don't love Aliens. Yeah, I, I've watched I it multiple that. times, and I still can't like get too into it. But mm-hmm. it's just—it is everyone's like go-to for like the action movie. It seems like, um, but I'm like that with Terminator. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm like I I like the first one more than the second one. But <laughs> Aliens, I just don't go back to too often. Mm-hmm. It's such a huge influence on like video games, especially like yeah, like pretty much every alien creature design you've ever seen, especially like in. Halo the eight, the eight bit, sixteen bit era, especially as so many of those games were. I mean, there was one game that came out that was literally called Xenomorph. Like, come on, like really? it was like everybody was taking influence yeah. from it. But still, to this day, there's so much influence from that movie. Um, Single handedly, pretty much created the idea of what an alien is supposed to look like and mm-hmm. how uh, people who fight them are supposed to look like. But have you seen Alien Three? 
I have. Um, what do you think of that one? I don't remember much about it, but I remember like not hating it nearly as much as everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't get up in arms about like the opening thing that everyone got mad at. You know, the person who got murdered. That everyone's like, that makes aliens pointless. It's it, yeah, they kill Scorny Weaver. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mind that one as much. I I didn't like Alien Resurrection, which mm-hmm. that one to me was just kind of boring. Uh, but Alien Three, I thought there was like a good idea there, but mm-hmm. it, you could tell that there were several hands in the cookie jar that just nobody could decide what exactly they were going to do. Yeah, it had like a well, it was uh, directed by David Fincher, mm-hmm. which is like the weirdest. Doesn't Jeez. feel like him. Very, it kind of does in some parts, but not not like overall. Well, uh, that was his first movie, and I forgot exactly how he got on board with it. But that was his first movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, big movie. I don't know if he did like independent stuff or student film before that or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that was like his kind of his debut. Yeah. And um, watching it, there's at times you can tell like. Yeah, I can kind of see where he's, his beginnings are starting to form. Where some of these ideas are like him. But mm-hmm. I kind of just wish they would have let him go all out. Rather mm-hmm. than... It was a lot of studio control, I hear. But I don't know if Alien 3 was ever going to work as a movie, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Especially... I, I don't know. Like... I don't know really what you do with it, do after Aliens. Uh, Alien Three, it seemed like it was trying to be more like the first Alien, which is weird to kind of go backwards because mm-hmm. uh, they're down to one Alien again. And I remember it was like a dog Alien. And yeah, it's like well, it's actually <laughs> it, it looks like a dog Alien, and that's what I thought going into it. And then I realized it's actually half cow. <laughs> yeah, it, but it runs like a dog. It's weird. And that's the one where they introduce like this Alien Vision, where it's like the cameras from the perspective of the Alien, and it kind of loses its scariness. Um, but I don't know. Neil Blomkamp at one time, like every other cool movie in history, he was on board to direct Alien Five and then backed out. Which I found out he backed out of RoboCop because he, I gave up on Neil Blomkamp. <laughs> he just doesn't want to do. He'll it never either. direct another movie. Well, it's it was cool about Alien Five was that uh, Ridley Scott was making Covenant, you know, as his sequel to Prometheus. And it's still as like a prequel to the original Alien, but he was totally on board for Blancamp doing Alien Five and doing it as a sequel to Resurrection. Or I don't know if they were going to ignore any of the movies, but figuring out a way to make like a sequel with Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. he was totally on board for that. And he was going to be producer. He's worked with Sigourney Weaver before too. He did a short film called Rocco with her in it. I just I don't really understand why that one didn't get off the ground because I believe it. I think it was canceled before Covenant was done. So mm-hmm. I don't think it was based on those box office receipts, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, just another movie we'll never see. Yeah. Anyway, we can go on. Alien and Aliens is good. You guys should watch them. Alright. My number seven is Beetlejuice. Ooh. Ooh. Why? Be- Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. That is... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of meant hey. it. It's not my top 25. Uh, I mean, it's just... It's, like we've said before, it's so quotable. It's got great humor. It's got... Skinny Alec Baldwin. Skinny Alec mm-hmm. Baldwin. Special effects are amazing. Yeah. I love it. Love the puppets and the, 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 the desert worms. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. 
They're a fun time. Yeah, it's so good. Nice effing model. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite line. <laughs> Have we talked about Beetlejuice in the past? Mm-mm. So I can I can break it to a, to y'all now that I don't really like that movie. <gasps> I've heard a lot of people that don't like it. Yeah, I like I hate it. All of them. Hey, okay, you know, give me a break. I've actually I for a while was trying yearly with this movie, and I just can't do it. I don't know what it is. I and it, you know what it is really? I don't like Michael Keaton in the movie. What? And okay, that's what? that's a, that's yeah, not right. I know. That's actually wrong. I love Michael Keaton like everything. I don't like him in this movie. I don't because I, I don't get it. I he's like the, if anything, the one thing you someone could cling to as the great. I like the special looking. effects. I like uh, I like that Winona Ryder is just weird, just loopy teenager. I like the dance scene. I like Alec Baldwin and uh, uh, what's it? I'm trying to remember her name. Um, Gina Davis. Gina Davis. I don't like Michael Keaton. I don't know if it's the way he says the lines or his the way he's so almost too quick paced for me or I don't know what it is. I just I have never been into it. I know. That is just like a personal taste thing, but that's that's I think that's like up there for like movies that shock people when I say I don't like it and Beetlejuice is like probably I don't hate it, but it's not my favorite Tim Burton movie either. Man, I would go for Pee-wee's Big Adventure any day. Like, over that one. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's probably less Tim Burton than Beetlejuice. Uh, Beetlejuice is probably the most, like, Tim Burton-esque. Unless you go for, like, Edward Scissorhands. But, um... I don't know. I I like Michael Keaton as Batman. But even then, Michael Keaton's not my favorite Batman. Maybe I just don't like Michael Keaton. Well... Do you like him in the other guys? Yeah. No, I I like him in most things. I liked him in... uh, Spider-Man. I liked him in Night Shift. (laughs) Night Shift? I remember you telling us about that one. Was it him and someone else? Um, Henry Winkler? Yeah. It was like they were running like a prostitute ring. (laughs) But they were being like the better pimps, basically. Nice. You like him in uh, The Founder? The one about McDonald's? Yeah. I like him in Spider-Man. I like him in Birdman. I like him in Spotlight a lot. I don't like him as Beetlejuice. Hmm. Chloe, is there anything else you want to say about Beetlejuice? I've just kind of... Um, well, after yeah. you pooped all over yeah, it. Yeah, because um, kind of <laughs> shit all over you. <laughs> no, it's just a good movie that I watch every Halloween. Not Halloween specifically, but every, like, fall. I mean, for Chloe, Halloween is every day. So. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Zach, what is your number seven? My number seven is The Lost Boys. It's a good one. Why have I never seen this? I don't know. But is this one it. directed by Joel Schumacher? Is that correct? I think so. Let me check. Because I feel like this is the one that was like, the one everyone, the reason Hollywood yep. trusts Joel Schumacher was because of this movie. Yep. Joel Schumacher. Okay. 1987. Give me an idea of it. Like, what should I expect if I watch The Lost Vampires. Boys? Well, I knew that. That's it. Every time I see the poster, I feel like that poster is not from the 80s. It looks like it should be in the 90s. This poster? Yeah, yeah. I can see that. So, I always get the decade wrong when I see that poster. It's a lot of, like... I don't even know. Like, think Vampire Motley Crew on dirt bikes. <laughs> That's, like, the so, wrong vision also. But, but uh, this sounds more like a movie Hunter would watch then. But I, I can see that. It also I haven't has, seen like, it. young Corey Feldman, too. Oh, really? Well, like, 
14 year old Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, which they So is it between movie, Gremlins and Stand By Me, Corey Feldman? It might be. It was after, it was 87. So. Yeah, it'd be after Stand So by it's me. badass older Corey Feldman. It's a year mm. after Stand By Me. Lost Boy for Corey Feldman. Lost Boy Corey Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the kids are what make this movie. It has a. a Bill from uh, Bill and Ted in it, <laughs> also. Which is weird. He's not. He doesn't really have a talking role, but he's in it. Hmm. Um, that's a, it's my favorite vampire movie. It's one of my favorite. I guess you'd consider it horror, maybe. But yeah, I like it a lot. Alex Winters. Yes, sir. He has a name. Wow. <laughs> And I bet Bill and Sorry. Ted's not on anybody's list. I've never seen Bill and Ted, by the way. I was forced to watch it in Haven't social either. studies, and I hated it. Did you learn about history watching? <laughs> I have to. I have to watch. I want to watch them before the third one comes oh, out. It's so. Alex Winter, not Winters. Alex, bro, you called him. Sir, you <laughs> called him Bill from Bill and Ted. <laughs> Favorite Keith Kiefer Sutherland movie. Yeah, mm, even I, guns. Did, I didn't even realize Kiefer Sutherland oh, was a thing. Gun Guns is better, probably. Uh, I haven't seen The Outsiders. You know, Gun Guns is better for King. Gun Guns is pretty. That for me, that's the staple. That or like Three Musketeers. <laughs> I almost put Gun Guns on this list too. It was, I, I fought so hard. I wanted it in my top ten because I, I love that movie. But at the same time, I'm like, it's an honorable mention. So. Anything else about Last Boys? Is on is on Chloe's list. Or was it it was my own? honorable mentions. Okay. I would love to borrow it sometime. Or watch it with you, either one. Uh, my number six is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Which I feel like we've talked about before. Oh, and shit. I know we went into detail about making a sequel to Who yes. Framed Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. which I still think we should develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, just due to the Gumby twist that Zach... Um, Created during that thought, pitch. Was that just? I thought we all kind of created that. I don't know, man. I think you oh. dropped Gumby, and I was I like, I just that. almost died. And I said, I think we have a movie. Like that would be it. That, that would was, be the finale. I think that's one of my favorite episodes. That we did. I think we should do another episode like that. Um, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit is? Uh, it's crazy because I saw it not as a kid, but I was like definitely in high school. Mm-hmm. And oh, I had this on videotape. It's, oh, this is my number two, by the way. Okay. It was like one of those movies that I didn't really think existed, and even when I heard about it, I did, I was like, well, okay, they have every cartoon character in there, but it's not going to be as wild and as mm-hmm. glamorous as I think. And then finally seeing it, it's like, wow, they actually did this. And as late as 1988, they somehow got Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse on the screen at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. like just... Impo- this movie, to me, is still just impossible. Like, there's... It's unbelievable that this movie exists. Mm-hmm. Like, just for... This has one of the most interesting, like, documentaries ever, because you get to see some of the filming before they added the animation sequences. and. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine being, like, the likes of Bob Hoskins or Christopher Lloyd. I mean, so much credit to them to somehow act and be told that these characters are going to be in the scene animated, but you just don't have them here yet. And it's like, I don't even know how you act. Some of the... They would have some marionettes set up sometimes. Sometimes it was, like, cardboard cutouts. But it's like, how do you... I There would be a piece of me in 1988 thinking... Nah, this ain't gonna work out. Like, this is just too much. 
Um, and the only thing they could really base it on was like the only other movies that had really done it was like Song of the South and um, <laughs> which I mean there wasn't a video cassette of that around so I don't know how they mm-hmm. showed it but like that's the only thing you'd have for reference and what was Pete's Dragon uh, that was the 40 uh, oh no the I, I'm thinking of the Reluctant Dragon uh, the Pete's Dragon was 1977 okay so that was probably more recent but yeah. I mean even comparing that to like that's like open landscape uh, yeah. green scenery you jump to this movie where you got things moving around Busy you got then you got a scene where it's it's not just like animated characters in the real world but now you got to make a scene where Bob Hoskins is in the animated world mm-hmm. and it's just somehow they figured out all this tech they figured out how to make one of the most technically difficult movies ever yeah and still also make a really good story because if you watch movies like Song of the South or even kind of Pete's Dragon they don't really have the stories to back them up uh, as much as like the technical aspects of it this movie also has a story to back it up and the characters and the um, comedy and just like the character it's just it's just crazy to me that this movie exists like I'm I'm I was just baffled by it then. I'm still kind of baffled by it now. Like this movie should not exist, and yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. This is my first introduction to any like whodunit, noir, mystery kind of movie, and it it's still hard to rival in my in my mind. Like yeah, it is one of the best like mystery movies. Even though like I, I would say like the villain itself is pretty obvious, right. but the way they get there is so interesting. Um, but there's even a twist that like you wouldn't you wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, well, because you know you know it's Christopher Lloyd, right? But, but you wouldn't. But know. you don't really figure out the context of it until you get to the end, and then yeah, you're right. There is still a twist to it all, and it's so funny mm-hmm. that it's like it's it's like sad and like scary, but it's also so funny that you're like, <laughs> it's just so creative <laughs> and ahead of its time. Uh, my number six is Empire Strikes Back. Which we talked about in depth recently. Yeah, that's my number one 80s movie. The number one? Okay. It's my number Wait, two. So, you picked it over A New Hope? The New Hope, the New Hope is in the 70s because I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> uh, sir, refer to our 70s episode yeah. where Star Wars was number one. Let me take it off my list. <laughs> um, Empire Strikes Back. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite Star Wars movie overall. Harrison Ford just kicking butt, taking names. Um, as, as along with everyone else in that movie. <laughs> uh, but Harrison Ford as my favorite 80s I'm actor. I'm think of like, new stuff to say about Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Just in general. Because everything we good you like. Yeah. Alright, I'll try to think of something new. Because uh, last time we talked about how I wasn't too into the Hoth battle. Frank, um, Frank Oz as Yoda, am I right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how about them ATATs? <laughs> how about right? Uh, how about those uh, Cloud City scenes? Um, Lando being a creep. Yeah, I like Lando. He is a creep. Mm-hmm. He's a creep. Uh, music very well done. It's yeah, just it's hard. God. We've talked about Star Wars so it's, much, but honestly, though, when I look at my list of all of the like emotional movies, like like drama stuff that's going on, it's still I think Empire has like the most dramatic 
other than like Blade Runner and Karate Kid, like Empire Strikes Back is the most dramatic movie on my list. Hmm. I really, it pulls on my heartstrings. Yeah. Um, plus, it's got all the the Star Wars nostalgia in it. And that's what moves it so far up my list ahead of other movies. When I watch it, it feels like something is always constantly following me. It's like kind of almost got an anxi- anxiety to it all because. Han Solo and Leia and the crew, they almost get, like, chased throughout the entire movie. They're almost, like, constantly running. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke, not as much, because then he goes and visits Yoda, which... I don't know, it'd be cool to kind of go back to the 80s and see that a whole idea play out, um, both in creating it, but also presenting it. Mm-hmm. Just because I want to know if people on set thought that whole idea with Yoda was really going to work out. And... Uh, I especially want to know if, like, audiences reacted positively to Mm -hmm. it the first time. I feel like I've heard almost a myth about Empire Strikes Back that it wasn't received well when it was first released, but I don't really see any, like, evidence of that. Mm -hmm. I don't see it because people are like, well, the reviews weren't stellar. I'm like, well, from the reviews I've read from literally the 80s, the only people that seemed to not really like it were people saying it wasn't as good as Star Wars. Um, but that's to me wasn't a negative review. That's comparing it to the movie that made a big splash three years ago. Of course, of course, you're going to compare. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, but I guess I've always heard that people didn't respond to it as well. And I'm like, I wonder what people thought of Yoda at first. Mm-hmm. Were people? Because I feel like today that would be one of those things. If you were to have like a major motion picture and then have like a sequel that suddenly introduced a character like that, so outside what the original movie presented. Um, I don't know, and especially when you have the guy from Sesame Street doing the voice, hmm. I just I'm kind of interested to see if it was because now I mean we've it's so part yeah. of the cultural sphere that we accept it, but I want to know if like people thought it was different at the time. I think some movies have tried like like what comes to mind. I think it's Transformers: Dark of the Moon. They go find like this old wise. <laughs> I think it's the third one. They they try to go find this old wise transformer that's like an old uh, plane, mm-hmm. and it's he's kooky and wild and eccentric, and it sounds kind of like he's pulling like a Yoda mm-hmm. thing where he's like actually smart, but he's he's kind of goofy and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think movies have definitely tried to do that. Well, that's kind but. of a trope too in uh, like those. Well, I'm not even just talking about, like, the old wise master. I'm talking about the idea of having this little green Muppet dude be, like, the main character. Oh. And be, like, the main, like, premise for half the movie. Yeah. Just this guy and Mark Hamill. And that's pretty much it. It's not like the other characters join in. He is there for almost a majority of the movie. Um, I just... Because, yeah, we're so accepting of it now, and, yeah, I love it, obviously, mm-hmm. but, like, I'd love to know what people thought of it at the time, especially just general moviegoers. I'm talking about the people who just kind of go see a movie weekly, mm-hmm. and they were aware that it's a sequel to Star Wars, and they were kind of yeah. expecting just that, and what they got instead, or if they thought they got something different, or if they were satisfied. Um, but it's kind of hard to go back to that point. Mm-hmm. Well, it would be boring if it was just, like, some big, like, warrior guy. yeah. So, like, well, I yeah, get he, what George he, was doing. He but. messed with our expectations. I'm just, I'm literally talking about just down but, to the technical yeah. idea of right. having basically what everyone still to this day calls a Muppet. Mm-hmm. I want to know what people <laughs> thought just of that. But, it, I mean, it, it had already been, I mean, they were kind of doing that kind of stuff already, but 
I guess Dark Crystal didn't come out till after, and um, then like Labyrinth and uh, Neverending Story. But like even those movies uh, weren't as like they weren't like big box office hits when they came out. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I just would like to go back to that time and see people walk out of the theater and tell me about Yoda and what they thought and if yeah. they loved him or if they thought he was like too weird. But you know. Uh, can't really go back at this point. Do you think him being all goofy in Empire is like an act? Or do you think he, he's he been alone so long? Well, I mean, he's crazy old already. But, like, that he actually is kind of cuckoo insane on Dagobah. I, I think it's an act, but also I think that was, like, an integral part of Yoda originally that is not mm-hmm. present in the prequels, and I'm kind of annoyed by that. Yeah, it's yeah. almost too serious in the prequels, which is... Lame. Last yeah. Jedi did it good because Last Jedi he had like a good sense of humor, mm-hmm. like, setting the tree right. on fire. Like that's and that's what I thought he was. Like I think he has a sense of humor down to the point where when he was because I think he's pretending at first to you know act mm-hmm. like he's going to go find Yoda. And I think he's playing it up a little more that he's all kooky and crazy. I don't think he's nearly that kooky or crazy, but he's mm-hmm. definitely got a sense of humor to just act that way. And I think the Last Jedi did that a lot better than the prequels. Um, I don't know if he was so serious during the prequels that he decided to, you know, live life a little more mm-hmm. optimistically and a little more brighter right. with this uh, original trilogy then, but I don't think they intended well, that. He wasn't as cookie in Return of the Jedi either, though. And kind of, but he even had a couple... He had a good he had a couple zingers. One of, one of his zingers is, uh, you know, when 900 years old you reach, not as good you will look. Like, yeah. that's a that's a... You know, that's not... We don't really get many jokes like that in the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always kind of thought that initial moment when he met Luke, he's just messing with him, just mm-hmm. to see how Luke acts and treats him. And obviously Luke treats him kind of not as respectful yeah, as you should to just any normal The first person. thing he says out of that, like, kooky character is he's not ready, he's impatient, mm-hmm. you know, or he's, like, talking off to Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. But well, How could they fit all those jokes in the prequels if... We have all this like, trade agreements to talk about. <laughs> all the council is like super serious. Mace Windu just like has his head buried in his hands every time Yoda's talking. When, You're just super annoyed. When 900 younglings you've killed, not as good yeah. as you would look. They just like don't invite Yoda to like council meetings because he's so weird. Picture Yoda in like his little floating orb chair thing. He's just like spinning around. <laughs> I'm trying to think, does, does he do the Yoda laugh in Attack of the Clones when they're looking for Kamino? I think that's says, <laughs> yeah. That's like the does, only yeah. time he really does like the Yoda laugh because I he they should have dropped a couple Cause, more because <laughs> he's like Master Obi Wan lost a planet or something and he's kind of like playing around. How with embarrassing! Him, like, he's, like, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, How embarrassing! See, that's the only time you acted like that was with the kids, which I mean makes sense. But I'm like, but he was like that in general. Like when he was with Sam Jackson, he should have dropped a couple more zingers, and Sam Jackson should just like gotten like annoyed. But then when like Yoda leaves the screen, like Sam Jackson turns and goes, <clears throat> like, like like just kind of does a quick laugh. I'm still trying to fix the prequels after that episode. I think we should make a she's all that cut of. <laughs> Of the prequels, where it's, like, all the council members meeting without Yoda, and then, like, 
someone like goes and like takes Yoda and makes him into like the master that he ends up being. But like <laughs> he was a master all along. Yoda thought he was a good Oh no, not Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody but Yoda. No, but overalls and the glasses. Like Mace Windu, no Mace way. Windu is like the <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. <laughs> it's like don't put me with him. <laughs> Kit Fisto goes up to Sam Jackson and is like I I disabled the gravitational direction on his little orbit, like orbital thing. So now Yoda, Yoda's constantly spinning in circles, and he doesn't know why. And just Yoda's like, <laughs> 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 they're just laughing like, Kid Fisto, huh? Yeah, that's the one you went with. Is the only? I couldn't remember Kai. You Kaiade Monday. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Master Plo Koon. <laughs> Cool. Sophie. Or not Sophie. <laughs> Sophie's Chloe. Sophie. Uh, my number six is Evil Dead 2. Nice. nice. Ayo. Yeah. Ayo. It's crazy that they didn't even make Hunter's List since yeah. it's like favorite Yeah, I was kind of listening yeah. for it, but... Nothing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not even on there? Hmm? It's not on there? It is on my list. What are you talking oh. about? Oh. Oh, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's your number one. Oh, <laughs> he was kidding. One? I don't know okay, if he has it. Is your number one? Well... I don't know. So it's it's not right now, but man, like in a year or two, it is going to be number one. I know it is. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was your all time favorite movie. No, it's his number two. No, Back to the Future is my all time favorite. We're just spoiling your whole list. I'm sorry. Because my whole life was built on Back to the Future for so long. That makes sense. Like, (laughs) Evil Dead 2, like, it it doesn't have a whole lot of ground to catch up on. But, like I said, it's like. I want Evil Dead 2 to be my favorite so bad. Right. And I think it probably will. How do you just make that jump, man? Well, I, don't I know. feel that same you way about, like... You have a tattoo relating to it. You just gotta... So back to, I got more... Ba- I have more Back to Future tattoos than I have Evil Dead <laughs> tattoos. I feel like that with uh, Hot Rod. I feel like I can't time. let that not be my favorite movie since it has been for so long, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another one that's Have you like, seen this even? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I I think you showed me like last time, but that's yeah. Like if you have that much devotion to it, maybe it's time to change it. But you know, there's like like me, I I don't want to give up on Hot Rod, but there's a movie, yeah, there's a movie that keeps climbing up the ranks, and I I feel like it'll top it someday. Is it impossible. It's the nice guys. It's the nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's so good, and I keep rewatching it. Every time I rewatch it, it goes up more on my. I want to watch it with you guys so bad. I'm like, I feel like that's gonna end up being my favorite movie ever. I still we own yeah. it. We we have a DVD and a Blu-ray. <laughs> really? And you guys haven't seen either of you? I have. Oh, you've seen oh, it. I've yeah, seen yeah. It. I've seen it like three times. It's such a good movie. Evil Dead Two. Talk about it. Uh, I don't even know. It's just there's so much going on, and like I feel like it's a good mix of like special effects, humor, white and people. horror, and white people dying. It's great. <laughs> That's true. That's what every movie needs. Wait, so. Was when we watched Evil Dead Two with Hunter. Was that the first time you'd seen it? Yeah. Okay. And it's already like one year. I mean, it's so favorite eighties, but still, like that's pretty it's high your, up there. It's on your favorite horror movies, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, because I had seen um, the remake, and then I hadn't seen anything else. Like I knew there were original movies, but I didn't know where they were or how to find them. So I just didn't watch any of them. And then, um, we watched Evil Dead 2 and, um... Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. 
And then when Zach was getting his tattoo, we watched Evil Dead 1. Oh, yeah. And that right. was... I yeah. forgot what we did. Yeah. Which is fun. still weird to me. I still don't understand the whole connection with the 1 and 2. Yeah, so I, I recently listened to a podcast and, like, how there was, like, a, a rights issue in going from Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2. And so they wanted to make a sequel, but it couldn't be a direct sequel because they had, like, all new actors in it and stuff. And so... Like, they did it in a way where you could skip to, like, six minutes in and just watch it as if it took over. Mm. Or it's, like, a like a dream sequence because in the end of Evil Dead 1, like, he gets possessed in the end of Evil Dead 1. Mm. Um, the beginning of Evil Dead 2... So, like, like my personal thing for forever has been, like, oh, yeah, you start at six minutes in and Evil Dead 2, if you want to think of it as a consecutive movie. Yeah. Um, but I think what's more fun is because he gets possessed in the end of Evil Dead 1, I like to think that he went back being possessed and lured his a, ne- a victim there. Oh, sure. And being close to the book again, hearing the words, basically he became unenchanted. <laughs> but... <laughs> released all the stuff back again and that's my personal little fun thing um but then even like army of darkness like the beginning of army of darkness is very different from the very end of evil dead 2 like in terms of actual yeah. canon or like chronology and so they're just a wacky set of movies so and Sam Raimi said he wants to do four really soon. Really? So he could do Evil Dead Four. That's actually what Doctor Strange Two Multiverse of Madness is. It's just going to Who's to say? Dead. Just saying Bruce Campbell could show up as I, anyone. I he think, could be Ash or any of the other three people he my, is. Did you get my text about that? Where we just we uh, just um, framed the guy who plays Wong and, like, me to him, and so he has to cast Bruce Campbell as Wong. As Wong? <laughs> <laughs> I... Just... <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is just out of the movie. It's just <laughs> Bruce Campbell now. <laughs> I'm Doctor Strange. No, I think it's very odd that, like, he's taking over the multiverse of madness, which I assume will finally... Introduced them all multiverse properly. That's how we're gonna get Toby. Well, that's what I'm kind of thinking. I'm like, are they actually gonna do that? Because that animated Spider Verse movie did well, and if you did it live action, it's only gonna make more money, and it's gonna be crazy money. That's the thing. Sony still owns it all. So Sony does own it all, and they could easily do it. And since Tom Holland's already part of the. Marvel Universe, and all Marvel would really have to do is just sit down and explain why all these other Marvel movies are part of their other universes. They really could just do it. Um, And they have enough time. I think it seems almost too obvious to do it. The only thing that would really stop them is Tobey Maguire asking for too much money or saying straight up no. Mm -hmm. But I still think there's a a live-action Spider-Man uh, Spider-Verse movie in the future for sure hmm. and I think it's really odd that like now they want Sam Raimi to do multiverse and I'm like because we know Bruce Campbell will be in it like that's that's a given like they he'll yeah. definitely get a camera well he's in most of those movies but like his the car will be for sure yeah which and is really cool it's, just it's, to see it's the stuff car that, it, that Marvel's not going to say no to like, yeah. they're going to totally be fine with stuff like that I just wonder if they're going to go as far as being like hey what if we start setting things up? I just want to know how much they're going to like include Sam Raimi in the whole Marvel planning. 
and if they would actually go as far as be like, hey, how would you feel if we actually kind of brought Tobey Maguire into it? And then <laughs> Sam Raimi's like, no. Sam Raimi, it would be good. It would be cool if Sam Raimi was seen just Spider-Man like, three. No, was like, dude, no, no. And he was like, what if they were like, hey, Sam Raimi, we're finally gonna let you do Spider-Man four? And what if his eyes just look? He's like, oh, really? Like, <laughs> he's just got super happy. Would it be? Uh... Vulture again, but with the... Uh, nah, I think they'd bring the lizard back, like, because he wanted to do Spider-Man 4 with the lizard. No, he wanted to do it with Vulture. Did he? I yeah, thought it was, it was lizard. Like he had, uh... John Malkovich as Vulture. <laughs> and he that had Bruce, really he, Bruce Campbell as Mysterio. That was oh. how it's got, that's how the movie was gonna open, is Mysterio's robbing a bank and it's Bruce Campbell. I, I should, I should <laughs> read the... <laughs> I should so read cool. the script leak of that if it exists, but... It's around... Um, are we on number? We're on number six. Is it? Yeah, Evil Dead Two is great. Mm-hmm. Six. So Zach's six. Zach is six years old. Uh, oh, it was Raiders. We already kind of talked about that. Okay. What's Raiders? Of the Lost Ark. What? <laughs> of the Indiana Jones. The correct name of the movie Raiders yeah, of the Lost right. Ark. I hate. I hate like looking at Netflix and it's like Indiana Jones and the Raiders. I'm like that is a stupid title if you think about mm-hmm. it. Really, it should just be if you're gonna take Raiders out of it, like call it Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark. Just call it that mm-hmm. because Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like that is such a long title. That's almost as like long and dumb of a title as Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like there's just way too many like spaces mm-hmm. there. Get simple with it. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So simple. Mm-hmm. Joan of Arcs is it, raids it Indiana. It doesn't even say Indiana Jones on the title. Well, nope, that's because that's the original the OG title. title is Raids of the Lost Ark. Hmm. Well, there Weird. you go. I never even noticed that. Hey, Zach, you'll like my number five. This Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. That was almost on my list, too. That was on my Christmas list, and... Um, it was in your top ten, wasn't it? Well, not top ten, I don't think. That was on um, someone's top I, ten. It wouldn't surprise me, but I think it was in Zach's top ten. I thought it, it was in my. It was my number one Christmas movie. Okay. <sighs> um, yeah, I kind of thought about this for a second. Like, should I just because I watch it every Christmas? But then I'm like, I, it's gotten down to like this is one of the only movies I'll actually go back to every Christmas. I don't really have any others <laughs> that have been keeping up. This one does, and this mm-hmm. one is still even rewatching it this past Christmas. Uh, one of my favorite comedies. Just every single comedic bit works. And I think I also really like it because uh, there's not too many comedy movies that me and Stella can enjoy together because mm-hmm. uh, we kind of have different tastes in comedy. Uh, but this one, um, she saw it and she loved it. And that just surprised me almost. I'm like, what? You think this is super funny? Really? Like this? Maybe we just got to watch more Chevy Chase movies. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he just tickles your funny bone. But. Uh, yeah, my favorite of the vacation films, and uh, I've talked about it before, but this is—it's like I said—it's just—it's just perfectly funny, and like to me, the perfect Christmas movie, the most relatable by far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not Home Alone. You know, um, I was left home alone uh, in Chicago for Christmas a couple years back, but it wasn't the same experience. You know, I just—I just called the police. I said I'm home alone. They said, "How old are you?" And I said. 20 and I go like <laughs> pay your cable bill and I was like alright nice so that was my Home Alone adventure <laughs> nice <laughs> I have a Home Alone adventure every time you guys leave 
<laughs> he resets the traps after we go. <laughs> Puts, lets loose the tarantula. And <laughs> I'm just saying, you guys are going to walk in one day, and you, or you're going to be outside, and you're going to see like Michael Jordan cut out, like rolling by by a record player, and the music playing. Just uh, rocking around the room. <laughs> and when you guys just, until next Tuesday, <laughs> and then when you guys finally walk in, it'll just be a giant pink can in your head. Spiderlands on the face. <laughs> or like we go and two guys try to take over the house like every time <laughs> alright this time we're gonna get it <laughs> I was watching Christmas Vacation with Stella and I said it's so funny that this movie didn't really make a lot of money but written by John Hughes Christmas movie written by John Hughes 1989 1990 Home Alone comes out Christmas movie written by John Hughes and is like one of the biggest box office successes of like that time and then I said every single movie that John Hughes wrote after that was based on Home Alone I'm like I think that's one of the saddest things ever is that maybe people are just sick of vacation movies at this point I mean that's part of it but I said it's just funny because and I like I like Home Alone a lot but Mm -hmm. I I think if you compare that to Christmas Vacation I'm like Christmas Vacation is the funnier movie but I get why people uh, went for Home Alone way more at the time I said it's just kind of sad though because it's almost like this was like John Hughes's like final great written movie, and then Home Alone came out, which is a great written movie, but that ended up becoming his style for the rest of the movies he ever wrote. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Baby's Day Out, Flubber, freaking Hundred and One Dalmatians, like that was it for him for all nineties, and it's just kind of sad for mm-hmm. having such a great career. And I'm like, it's funny because it all ends with these two Christmas movies back to back and one did really really well and the other one didn't do that well mm-hmm. and changed his whole career basically hmm. The Goonies is my number five nice um I don't remember the first time I watched it but I remember watching it on this little TV in my mom's room and I watched it over and over and over again um I loved this. I it, it, I don't know. Our group of friends that we had growing up in Floodwood, I desperately wanted to have the, this Goonies <laughs> life, like life that we all had, like, you know, hang around, hanging around town, like, on our bikes or, like, you know, at Evan's house or, like, out at the shack or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I gotta say, like, yeah, I kind of almost felt that experience at times when, mm-hmm. um, during the summers we'd bike around and then we'd go venture off into, like, my woods or someone mm-hmm. else's, like, The school forest or, yeah. yeah. It, it was about as close as you can get, but. Yeah. I um, feel like this movie was, like, the town of Floodwood Kids' like, movie. I feel mm-hmm. like I went to numerous people's houses and this was always the movie that was playing. And I was like, and yeah. everybody really liked it. And mm-hmm. it's like, really, the 1985 movie, I didn't think it would. Mm-hmm. connect with everyone my age but there you go yeah well it has a character that's maybe not relatable but just like super fun to enjoy like go through an arc like every character has like a fun little arc and mm-hmm. you know at the end you see like everyone's parents and then reunite with them and uh yeah I don't know I love it it's it's a long lost not long lost it's a Spielbergian 80s classic for me um, really like it. I can't wait to show my kids someday. This is number four on my list, and when it was re-released in theaters, um, I saw it twice in one day. 
Because really? <laughs> I, I, I went well, I went with two different people. That's why. But like someone offered, and I was like, I'll go again. Like I saw it here. We were probably the same. It was probably yeah. It was probably the same. It's like twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I was like, is that good? And I'm like, it's that entertaining, and mm-hmm. um, I really like that. It's about um, also like I like that it's about like kind of lower class people. Not really because mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of '80s movies that revolve around kids or high schoolers. I mean, they're all great, but so many of them are about kind of people that come from like higher class. Like if you see their houses and their bedrooms, it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you you got money, like yeah, and that never becomes like an issue in the movie. But uh, in the Goonies, that's not only their characters are like low class, but it's almost kind of part of the movie. They're losing their home, yeah, and they desperately need money, and that kind of becomes like the ending of the movie. And mm-hmm. that's why I really like the ending of the movie so much when they reveal that they, I mean, there was so much treasure just on that boat, mm-hmm. and you can like realize they'll probably go get that boat because it's only sailing away, but they could probably still get it. And, mm-hmm. Most of it will probably go to a museum, but like they just got all you needed was these couple stones. They barely grabbed anything off that boat, um, and they're gonna get like the most out of it, and they're gonna be able to like save all their lives basically. And mm-hmm. It's just like a heartwarming ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that opening scene is great. Yeah, with the music it is. and the whole prison escape. It introduces every character and their theme, like Data and Chunk, and, and exa- what kind of like they're sort of their stereotypes too, mm-hmm. but like just exactly what their characters are going to be like in this movie and what they're all doing at that moment and it's funny because they all see the chase and they're all like kind of talking about it later well Chunk is the most because he actually got like a first hand like he actually was Mm -hmm. watching it straight up my number five is Ghostbusters cool I was hoping someone would have Ghostbusters on their list Mm -hmm. it was in my honorable mentions good work it was pretty yeah, it's just a fun movie. Good humor, good special effects. I really liked all the different ghosts. That was cool. Yeah. I think of Bill Murray. Hated him. Really? Just kidding. <laughs> I liked him. Let's get into that. <laughs> like Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Yeah, I thought everybody did a pretty good job. I actually think Craig Moranis did pretty good <laughs> really for how little he was in the movie. Mm-hmm. I saw a re-release of this movie, and that was the time where I it was the first time I I wasn't as into it. Uh, but I still I still love the movie so much. But this is like why it's not in my top ten. I thought Bill Murray's character was like a little more gross than I remembered, like especially towards like Sigourney Weaver um, during the pivotal moment when he probably could have been at his most grossest. Uh, he isn't so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's kind of his redeeming factor that he like doesn't take advantage of Sigourney Weaver because it was the eighties. I was like, I don't, I mm-hmm. could have done that in that scene, and I'm glad they didn't. But yeah. um, he earlier scenes when he's interacting with her, it's like yeah, I'm like I, I feel like Sigourney Weaver should be slapping him around now. I don't know because um, mm-hmm. he's pretty much doing what Rick Moranis is doing, even though the movie's presenting it like he's not. I'm like, no, you're pretty much doing exactly what he's doing, except Rick Moranis is weird. <laughs> that's the only difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, like, the movie is, like, so good. And it's such a good I like, good idea that mm-hmm. could have been either way a comedy or a serious movie. And they found, like, the perfect way to do, like, both. And I really like this movie's special effects over, especially the second movies, but also a lot of movies from the 80s, uh, special effects. This was actually done by a different special effects company. Mm. that by the time they did the next movie, 
either the company didn't exist or anymore, or they just decided to go with Lucasfilm instead. Uh, because Lucasfilm did the second movie, or mm-hmm. um, Industrial Light and Magic, as it's called or whatever, but it's all owned by Lucasfilm. So the special effects look a little different in that movie, but I like this movie's special effects because it's so much more grittier mm-hmm. and um, kind of creepier almost. Uh, the second movie, all the characters have more of a humor to them, and I feel like a lot of movies from the 80s are like that, mm-hmm. but Ghostbusters first, yeah, first movie had gritty effects. Uh, my number five is Return of the Jedi. <laughs> We kind of talked about this one too. Mm-hmm. Did you put this one higher than Empire Strikes Back? No, no, no it's number one, but it was on yeah, Hunter's so Okay, mm-hmm. no, yeah, uh, Empire. <clears throat> there anything nice. we have never mentioned about Empire Strikes Back? Uh, Warwick Davis, favorite actor all time. <laughs> He's got one of those like stories that I, I like. I love hearing about. Mm-hmm. He um. Have you ever heard about it? Like how he, uh, they heard of there was an audition, and his mom or his aunt or someone like drove him down to do the audition because they knew they needed like little people to play the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, oh, this would be perfect for you. So they went and auditioned, but he was so impressionable to the casting directors, and I don't know if George Lucas was there, but he was the thing he was doing with Wicket. His like most famous thing that he does is like kind of turns his head when he's looking at Princess Leia. And Warwick Davis just did that himself because he saw his dog would do that when he would analyze something. So he decided to do that at the casting. And the casting people loved that so much that not only did they cast him in the movie, but they made him like the main Ewok that would work with Princess Leia. And he said, yeah, the first day that he was on set, he had to work with Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and because he loved Star Wars when it came out, you know, he was a big Star Wars fan. He's like, and the first scene I have to do is with Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just go to work and it was um, and then like, in the 80s and the since then he has had such a career with those kind of roles um, he's, he's basically Phantom any Menace. any like special mm-hmm. effects fantasy movie or space movie in the last decade that requires like some character in a little person's costume like he's always in it yeah, he's and been in like every Star Wars movie since that right? he's probably the most um I would say credited for like big franchise movies. I mean, they always say like, oh, um, I think there was like a statistic that Harrison Ford has been in like the has like the biggest box office receipts because he's been in like the biggest movies that have mm-hmm. made like the most money. But I'm like, I bet Joe Warwick Davis is up there because he's in Harry Potter and Star Wars, and I know he's in other things, mm-hmm. and those are two of the <laughs> biggest. I don't know if he ever showed up in any of the Avengers movies, but like no. he he is all yeah. over the place, and you, sometimes you never even know. Hmm. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's got one of those stories I just love. That it just it came out of nowhere, and it just was such a specific, mm-hmm. almost supposed to be a side role, and they gave him like everything. And since then, he's just yeah, he's freaking Willow, man. That was a good movie. It's a good time. What's your number four, Justin? The Goonies. Yes, of course. Screw that movie! I hate. <laughs> I don't know. You, you could do four. <laughs> we talked about the Goonies. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Gremlins. Sorry, talked about it. Nice. Uh, my number four is The Secret of Nim, which we haven't talked about. Hmm. But was that in your you top ten? Like- I feel like we've heard this from I don't you before know if it for some was, reason. But it was probably the last movie on Earth because I have an unhealthy obsession with this movie. 
Tell me about it. I don't know anything about this movie. Um, so basically, it's this this family of field mice, um, and it's all animated. Hmm. And they're, like, getting ready to move out of... They live in a cinder block in the middle of this field, and they're getting ready to move out before plowing season starts. But the son falls ill, and, like, he gets pneumonia, and he's told he can't leave. He can't go outside, otherwise he'll die. So, like, they're stuck in the cinder block, and plowing season is starting earlier than normal. And there's a guy named Nicodemus. I can't remember all of it very well. And they the get on a boat to America. And yes. <laughs> did I mention the boy's name is Feifel? Some and they're the rats, Jewish. Some of the rats are And they smart. go west. Because <laughs> yeah, they they're escaped on. lab rats from NIM. Mm-hmm. And then all the rats go inside the house and they become mice. <laughs> all is well. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, actually. Um, but I, I own it. I've been meaning to watch it again. Um, I think it's Don Blue's like, best animation quality-wise. Uh, it was What studio is it? Don Bluth Animation Studios. Like that was when he left Disney, he started his own company, and that movie was pretty much a hundred percent independently made, and it was bought by their studio. And Steven Spielberg was so impressed by it that he hired them to uh, make Land Before Time and An American Tale. Mm. So that's how he kind of got his career going. Because Secret of Nim was not a big success, uh, but if you look at the animation in it, it was so well done that like Steven Spielberg was like an on and he wanted to make his like own Disney movies basically so he hired them actually the reason that their studio got off the ground was because their company did the animation for Dragon's Lair the video game Mm -hmm. and uh they are working on a feature length version of that they actually did a kickstarter so it's gonna happen eventually but I, I think it's odd that there was a kickstarter like almost three four five years ago almost and I haven't heard... I, I will look up updates once in a while, but it doesn't seem like they've gotten anywhere. And I'm like, bro, you, these Kickstarters, man, I that's why I'm a little wary about supporting Kickstarters on independent films, because you support it, and then you don't hear anything for five years. Mm-hmm. But I also fully understand it, but it's also like... I feel like I've heard some news about it like in the last six months. I mean, maybe they've released something. I heard they were going to at least do a short film before they made the whole thing. Mm. Um... So I'm, I'm sure there's some other update, but I just rarely see anything. I doubt that the movie would even be that successful if they finally finished it, unless, like, a big studio bought it. My number four is Back to the Future. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's not even on my list. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. You just... <laughs> You're just staring at... <laughs> you were giving me that stare of just, like, the Stanley, like, office stare, like... Like, like, <laughs> you Back to Future is my number one. That's what I figured. It's also Hunter's number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm without even looking. I know. Is it on Chloe's list? No. Chloe! Oh. You don't like Back to Future? It's fine. You, no, you said you so, don't like it. Okay, so the one time I've seen it, it I watched it <clears throat> immediately after watching Mother. You, you've watched Back <laughs> to the Future one time. So- one time. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> that would be um, weird to go from like crazy multi-level so, mother and then be like, 
here's a movie about the 80s going to the 50s. He's just like, makes out with his mom. <laughs> and you're just like, where, where's the riot within one like bedroom? Why can't? Why is that? Why is this just boring? That would be such a boring experience compared to Mother, even though it's not a boring movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. I just watched it again with Sydney for the oh. or watched it with her for the first time and. She, she was not having it. She <laughs> she did not like that movie. Right uh, towards the end, when uh, I was so badly, I don't want to spoil this movie. Towards the end, there's a pretty brutal scene that she just got up and walked out of the room. <laughs> She's like, "All right, I'm gonna go brush uh, my teeth." <laughs> uh, all right, I'm the concert out. that we went to. The people who opened. Uh, at, at one point, he was uh, saying that he didn't like the lighthouse, he didn't like Mother, and he didn't like Midsummer. <laughs> and Chloe, like right before that, like went to the bathroom, so she missed it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. like, was he God was saving me. He from just murder. said that out of oh, nowhere because <laughs> he was he was talking about the lighthouse and how it was basically the episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where uh, Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, makes me just want to watch the lighthouse more. And Why that's always sunny in Philadelphia. Why are you always bleeding? Um, we've done a Back to the Future episode. Oh, we have. We've done but, an episode and now like top tens. I just want to say that my number three is Back to the Future two, and I've gone from these two are so close to they flip flop now mm-hmm. uh, between mm-hmm. three and four, I guess, for eighties movies, but they're higher up in my top ten. I might have made a mistake not to put it in my honorable mentions or my top ten for the second one, because the second one is really good. That's the only one I've seen in theaters, yeah. and um, that was a good, good. experience. Um, that was the first time it really opened my eyes, and I'm like, well, Tom mm-hmm. Wilson's a good actor, like, as Biff. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. the second movie yeah. is, like, Biff's movie, and he is so good. Yeah, I, um, I love to, but number one is just as good, that's... On any list, they're right next to each other. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, perfectly crafted script. Mm-hmm. Um, Three's up there, too, but it's not as high as these ones. That should have been on my honorable mentions. The only thing is, like, I just, I would love to experience Back to the Future as both a kid of the 50s and then the kid of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Just to see, like, because that movie must have been so wild for like both demographics when the movie mm-hmm. came out yeah. and it's just one of those movies that at, in the 80s that would have been the perfect movie as a parent to bring their kid to right yeah I it, I never get sick of it I never get sick of the lines it's like one of the movies I probably quote the most mm-hmm. and it's one of those where I'm like I feel like every person should see it mm-hmm. I can't it's kind of hard not to recommend that movie. I feel like it just should work for everybody. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. not really anything in it that doesn't work. No, it's one of those perfect movies, like Star Wars. Yeah, I, I, I know I went in depth about my how I came across this movie, but it really did like provide the foundation of like mm-hmm. my early childhood of like who I wanted to be <laughs> someday. Um, everything from like music to just being cool. Um, George McFly. So badly wanted to be Biff. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, oh, <laughs> this movie like just taught me so much about storytelling and how weird you can be and how fun you can be and creative, but still be like family friendly. Um, yeah, never gets old. Never once watched it and thought like, is this really the best 
my favorite movie, and it will always be, I think. You say that and, like, roll your eyes like you don't want it to be. <laughs> I don't. I love it so much, but I love Evil Dead, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you know, you just, just put Evil Dead at the top Evil Dead for, like, a week so and good. see how that feels. Try that on for a little bit. Okay. Let's see how this feels. <laughs> have you, um, there okay. was a post on, like, Twitter. They were like, what was one of the first movies you saw that made you realize movies could be bad? And mm. I read that, and I was like, first one for me was, uh, I, I I think Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. When I realized mm. like a movie could be bad, like I straight up was like, no, nothing about this is working. Last for me. Airbender. Last Airbender. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. Same for you. Probably. And then how about for you, Google? <laughs> I don't know. Now I can't stop thinking about the Karate Kid remake. <laughs> I feel like Even that's you didn't somewhere. See it, you're like you're like dis- I've seen it. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I thought you didn't see it. No, I've seen it. Well, so why was I like trying yeah, to get I've you also, to watch? I have also. Seen I why was I trying to get you guys to watch? <laughs> I don't so know. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't yeah, think I you. Oh, I didn't know you hated it. Um, <laughs> well, it's not I hate it. It's just like I didn't think it was a good but you movie. I, it was I think movie. just I think uh, Jaden Jaden Smith cried way too much in the movie. I'm like, suck it up, kid. Come on. Yeah. Well, okay. Toxic masculinity in human form. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I don't blame me. Blame Jackie Chan. Blame the whole male society. Teaches him I, to solve his anger with violence. Back to the Future. I um, was like probably the first movie that made me realize that a movie could be good. That mm. like a movie could be as smart as I was thinking. Even though I saw it as a kid, mm. I never thought like a movie could pay that much attention to like continuity and with characters aging over time and like paying attention to what time travel can do for changing a mm-hmm. like a timeline. I felt like I had thought about stuff like that before, even like Back to the Future came out, or like even just some of the ideas, but maybe didn't fully process them. But that was like the first time where I realized, like, wow, movies can be like really smart and really Mm -hmm. good. And that's like the movie that made me realize movies could be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's definitely one of them. Where are we? Number three. It's me. It's me. It's number three. Number three is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's on my honorable mention. There you go. This movie I saw way too late, for sure. <laughs> I think this movie is inspirational. I think it's an inspirational I movie. Related to Cameron on such a level. <laughs> I was I was gonna you say I am. Um, call me until I come over. <laughs> I feel like I've I've heard the Tyler Durden syndrome for this movie especially, but mm-hmm. not that I think it's intentionally doing that. But oh, the Cameron is Ferris thing. But I I feel like I have related to both Cameron and Ferris Bueller on different days. Oh. Where I, I just feel like the Cameron who's like I want to be like my best friend who's like this crazy eccentric kid, but I'm like just this slump. I can feel that. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to be one thing, but you're really just this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but I think the movie is really just, like, about, like, seizing the day and making the most of it, making the most of your life right now. And Ferris Bueller is, like, definitely the embodiment of that. And even though it's a little comical, it's a little over the over the top. And, <laughs> I mean, I, there's so many, like, things about that that make it over the top. Like, the movie is still having fun, even though I think it's trying to say a big thing. It's also very, like, comical 
and cartoony. Like, yeah, like everyone suddenly has t-shirts and then it's on the the water water tower. tower. (laughs) And it's like, this isn't even, this is just a lie. Like, it's not even true. Everyone's like, (laughs) they're like, they think they're supporting a movement and they're just like all so chill about it. And they're like, and it just ticks the sister off so much. Um, so I, I love all of that. I love that he just goes to the parade and then suddenly there's like just the whole show is working around just him and his performance. And there's people like snapping down the stairway. And it's like, was this all here earlier or did he just whip this all together in the last yeah. couple of minutes? Um, so and then like the principal, the principal, which is just like he is so like ridiculous and crazy, but. Also, you know, like, I'm like, oh, no one's really like that. But then I kind of think back to some of the teachers I had, and I was like, I not that I could, I guess, see them doing exactly this, but I don't know. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. put it past them. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude is crazy. Like, he just wants to catch him in the act so badly. And I love that the secretary is just, he's a righteous dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> the kids really love him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> And just could care less, and he's just like only fixated on that. It's like he doesn't even. What is your job? Like it kind of was the first time where I'm like, what do principals do? Like, like mm-hmm. is that what their job is to just like watch kids? And if there's one that's acting up, like that's what their whole goal is all day is to chase them mm-hmm. down. It is such a good movie. Do you have a kiss for daddy? <laughs> uh, and it's just it is like a quotable movie too and beyond the, just the Bueller 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 line like the whole movie is just so mm-hmm. I feel happy while watching it I feel totally. like it's a movie I had to watch every once in a while to just be like cheer up that is it's like a therapy movie mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my number three is Raiders of the Lost Ark which we talked about pretty pretty which one depth. is that <laughs> Nice. Raiders, uh, Harrison Ford and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Could you, yeah, could you please say it by its full title, please? Indiana uh, Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Raiders. Okay. Of the crystal Femurs. <laughs> crystal the lost Boners. Uh, um, electric Boogaloo. <laughs> we both said, um, <laughs> and then nothing else. Uh, I like this movie so much that me and Sydney are going to name our first daughter Indiana J. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. Her middle name is J, and that's how we got onto it. What, what, uh, what do you think in all the Indiana Jones movies is the most Indiana Jones thing that he's done? Like, what scene do you think is the most Indiana Jonesy? He slaps uh, short round. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like the most like character of Indiana Jones that I've seen in the movies, I, I don't even know how to explain it. But uh, like when he's uh, doing like the trials or whatever at in the Last Crusade, when he like <laughs> steps on the J and he's like J. <laughs> Yeah. And he falls through. Yeah. No, no, it just seems like such a like he's so imperfect, but he's I don't know. I I like uh seems so true to his character. I do love that scene, and I mean it's the one everyone goes to. But Raiders of Lost Ark when he shoots that guy who's like the master swordsman, and then he just shoots him. Like <laughs> honestly, it's I, I I wish I could go back to the first time I saw, it, and it was like pre-internet, so it's not like the internet was spoiling it or talking mm-hmm. about. Oh, did you know he was sick in that scene? Like no, like watching it purely, 
it's so funny to me at the time when I saw it because it's like there's a swordman and it's like you, you think everyone knows what you're expecting mm-hmm. and then he just shoots him and I'm like yeah and it's funny and then it's like that makes more sense <laughs> mm-hmm. like why don't more movies do that I'm like yeah. that why why do people get into sword yeah. fights I'm like why does it just shoot him like and that to me like says so much about his character like he it may, it's just like he's smart but also it kind of makes him like a little bit of a mm-hmm. lazy doofus because I mean he's just like he's being smart about it but also it's like no I'm not gonna do the respectful yeah. thing and fight you like you're you know that dude was trained for many years and has probably had many adversaries who have done the fair thing of fighting in a sword battle yeah. like you're supposed to respectfully do yeah and like a Jedi Knight and he just uncivilizedly he just, shoots him I mean honestly it's, <laughs> so like, it's honestly pretty rude of him to just shoot him but like super rude well, everyone else is like oh my god <laughs> But like it's whoa, funny actually. Whoa, like, people Phil, are like, man, Dude. you just killed Phil. Like people are like, <laughs> it's like people are cheering for him though, after because like they probably killed the most dangerous guy in town. And <laughs> he, was like the, he was the town protector. <laughs> <laughs> just he was their Batman, and he just. <laughs> I mean, they were probably like writing letters. He's to, just like the Joker for them. Like he's probably got like, like the Joker murals on the wall. Oh my god, that'd be great if. In Indiana Jones Five, he goes back to uh, well, where was those scenes? That was at Cairo or Morocco. I, I think uh, it was Cairo. They're in Cairo. Um, but he goes back there, and they have like murals of his face in that town because he was like the town hero that shot the most dangerous guy in town. Yeah, <laughs> he survives, and he like his thing is just to find and kill Indiana after that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like what you're saying is the most Indiana Jones thing. His whole thing is like letting his environment kill the bad guy like he never really kills anyone like he that guy he straight (laughs) up kills him but like like uh what's the example i was thinking of um when he's fighting on the plane and he like lets the propellers run into the guy or like when they're fighting on the rope bridge over the alligators he lets the guy fall into the alligators or earlier when he's fighting on the rock crusher he lets the guy get sucked up into the rock crusher or in the last crusade he lets the guy go off the edge in the tank you know like he really lets whatever's bad happen to the people (laughs) as much as he can he lets people get run over quick witted he is yeah. Smarty is in a tough situation, too. Yeah. Because no one wants to see you just shoot from behind a box and then you win. You want to see them fight in a bar in Nepal and, like, <laughs> light each other on fire. And, <laughs> like, yeah. He gets hurt a lot in the series. Like, oh, yeah. He gets punched a lot. And, yeah, he's not invincible, which is nice. He's mm-hmm. kind of like the early form of uh, John McClane. Like,. Before John McClane made it, like, for, like, the real world. Indiana Jones is still of, like, the fantasy world. But mm-hmm. before that, it seemed like so many people were, like, invincible. And he yeah. just isn't. But, like, Indiana Jones is so much better because he's, like, educated, too. Right. There's, like, a weird suave sophistication yeah. about him. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark is real good, y'all. My number three is yet another obscure animation, The Last Unicorn. Hmm. I've never seen that. Oh, it's talked so about good. it, I think. I think it was your last movie on Earth once. Yeah. <laughs> all of my obscure ones not have been. It. Uh, yeah, it's real good. We are all guessing Ferngully. That's all I remember. <laughs> what is the la- like last unicorn? I mean, is it, is it just about last unicorn? So it's basically a story about how this evil magician conjured a red, like a satanic bull, basically, that chased all of the unicorns into the ocean. 
And that's where they're stuck. Stuck or dead? They're they're stuck because at the end of spoilers, at the end of the movie, they all come back. Um, But there's one that he missed, and she's just chilling, and yeah. And And then she meets a really lousy magician who goes on a quest with her to save Mm. her compatriots. Well, Satan's in the movie, so I do want to see it. I'm interested for that. It's a good time. The character or Satan himself stars in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Satan as Satan reprised his role as the last unicorn. <laughs> Academy Award yeah. winner Satan stars as Mr. Rogers Ooh. in. <laughs> You've known him as Lucifer. <laughs> Here we go. Satan. And there's also a really horrifying scene where this vulture like gets out of its enclosure and just straight up murders its owner. Hmm. Which is scary. And the vulture has saggy boobs. This is oh. animation? Yep. Okay. I want to see saggy boobs. I want They're to see very <laughs> prominent. I want to see Satan. Hmm. This sounds like the greatest movie Satan and saggy boobs in the same movie. <laughs> it doesn't sound like they needed to make movies after this because it seemed like this movie has done yeah, everything. Why did, they, why did they stop? <laughs> sounds like they made the perfect movie. Uh, and the theme song is Ninja Sex Party did a cover of it. I was gonna say I've heard the really? Ninja Sex Party song, so I didn't know if it was like connected, but it's the that's it's the, the, the cover, theme. yeah. Okay. Oh, huh. so good. Uh, my number three is Back to the Future Two. So. Yeah. It's Back to Fu- like us, so Back to the Future Two, like both of us. Also, had it. yes, okay, as well. <laughs> you as mean? well. As- <laughs> oh, you know what? That would okay. I, I'm sorry, but like that would be a great for like a sequel subtitle, <laughs> like you know, like Back to the Future. Also, like, like <laughs> Back to the Future as well, because <laughs> like they they made a, a sequel to American Graffiti called More American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, or like some, there was another movie that like used another, like at the beginning, so like mm-hmm. another Back to the Future. Like I, I think stuff like Wolf that. Wolf Cop Two is another, or I think it's called Another Wolf Cop. <laughs> or another like Wolf. That. I just love. I but, think the subtitle is like bigger and hairier. Or something. <laughs> Back to the Future Part Two. Yes. Correct. Thoughts. Why is it? Why is it better than the first one? You just said it kind of bounced between both of them, but why do you, like, right now, like this one more? Mostly because of, like, the future stuff and how bright and, like, cool it is. But also, like, they go into, like, alternate dimension kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, more Rick and Morty, almost. Yeah. Like, this is the most Rick and Morty of the, <laughs> yeah. of the Back to the Futures. Yeah. So. I like the movie. because of that. And I like that whole part of it. But it's funny to me that I, I feel like I, I only see this more recently in blockbusters now where they're getting a little more wacky with the timelines and never really doing it well. And mm-hmm. I always think, oh, this got to be confusing for some audience members. Like, well, then you just got to refer back to Doc Brown. Well, and it's funny to me because like, watching that movie, I was like, that was such a leap to try to do something like that in a movie mm-hmm. that you knew everybody was going to go see. And you're like, mm-hmm. let's try to explain this because it's so crazy and... I, I feel like now we only know about it because the movie exists. Like, yeah. it, before this, there was probably nothing no really like it. But even the way the movie explains it, it's, it's done very well. I almost feel like because of Doc Brown's explanation, that's 
why everyone thinks about time that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen... I didn't really see time travel done differently after that until, like, Infinity Harry Potter War. and the Prisoner. <laughs> and yeah, well, Endgame? Actually, it, was, it was Back to the Future Part 2, and then Prisoner of Azkaban actually did time travel differently. It's in a way. kind of the same, though. But that movie was everything that's ever been done with time travel has already, already been done. done. Yeah. Whereas Back to the Future was... You it's the first time things. in the loop, Endgame actually introduced to me a new version of time travel which was you can't change things but you can go back to different places have different timelines but it doesn't change the current timeline and I was like oh that's interesting too mm-hmm. um, so I mean I'm fine with them all existing but like Back to the Future Part 2 is probably the first to actually try to explain that idea yeah um, but yeah I think I think I like it because it, it's such a it's so it's so it's crazy it's such a diff movie <laughs> and it's it's so funny um, it really has a sense of humor about the whole idea mm-hmm. and playing with the tropes of the first movie and bringing back a lot of the lines and having things be repetitive. Mm-hmm. And on, it's kind of sad, though, because once you get to the third movie, if, I feel like the third movie makes it a little more tired because it's mm-hmm. like... Yeah. I don't know if it's because they made them back-to-back and they were uh, not trying as hard or if uh, they were themselves getting tired of it, but the second one, I think, does it better because it just feels so snappy and so, like... Um, I don't know. It's just—it's so much funnier as like. A I think the third piece. one though is like was out of all three. I feel like the third one would have been like the hardest to make, like because you can't reuse wise. any set pieces. You're remaking everything, right? And but you're remaking whole sequences, and like, hmm. I think they put a very creative, fun twist on the third one. No, I think, and so that's too. why it ended up the way it was. Like, I was just talking more about like the tropes of the first movie, like bringing black a lot of those. Zingers mm-hmm. and trying to play off the jokes of the first movie. Yeah, um, I think the second one does it better. Also, uh, kind of going off of like the darker second movie. This one is kind of dark. Like when you go into like the Biff dimension. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he straight up is trying to like, that, that's... <laughs> the Biff dimension. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. I like it. The biker. We're gonna banish you to the Biff the, dimension. The, the weird uh, proto. Uh, Mad Max, Biffiverse, Vegas, yeah. <laughs> the Donald Trump, Biff Vegas, currently, yeah, the current Donald the, Trumpiverse, the, the timeline we're currently the very exact in. universe we're living USA. in. <laughs> you know what's funny is that we're like we are now past that year that was in yeah. that was shown as the future. There, we're now five years out of it now. Like yeah. that's how so, long, like yeah, it's all it's it feels it's like so not- distant now and. It's funny because I'm like, because right now, I mean, what do you think? So, like, people saw that in the 80s and they're like, man, someday that that's what it's going to be like in 2015. And instead, it's like the Biff universe instead. <laughs> the Biff universe. <laughs> like, no, it's essentially, yeah. you know, Back to the Future did predict the future, uh, but it wasn't that future. It was that future. <laughs> yeah. I got a pit bull now. <laughs> man, I want to watch Back to the Future 2 so bad now. It's, it's, it's such a, it's a perfect sequel to, to have such, like, perfect callbacks to actual like specific scenes how things unfold it's not like fast and the furious six and then fast and furious seven you know it's like you can definitely tell that they mm -hmm. really cared about this yeah it's really i would say i think that you said the third one would be hard i think the second one would be much harder because you'll yeah to recreate scenes from the first movie and well the uh, thing with like building sets and stuff you can build on to the old sets to make them look futuristic, but you can't, like, make the current set into, mm-hmm. like, a western. 
you know, you have to build the whole Western. You're going town. to a Western setting to do your but Western movie. You can take movie. like a current diner and futuristic get up. Well, but I was talking more about like you're trying to recreate scenes from the first movie, yeah, shot for yeah. shot, it's true, uh, with the actors trying to make them look not like they've aged four years, original <laughs> costumes, and also you don't have George McFly back because the oh, actor yeah. didn't come back. Mm-hmm. So now you have to find a way around that too. And I Put think upside down. he, he, um, the reason him not <laughs> being in the movie, but them using the footage anyway, and him suing and actually winning is what caused like a new law for like the actors guild where like, yeah, they protected likeness after mm-hmm. that. I, I didn't know he sued about that. Yeah. That whole thing. Oh, you know what? So this isn't brought up in like, I, uh, when 2015 hit, there were so many Back to the Future things coming out. I bought a Back to the Future book, which was about the making of the series. I had seen so many documentaries and read so many things about it, but this book was the first time that I actually dug into the whole dispute that he had. And what's that actor's name? I'm forgetting it now. Um, oh, I feel bad. Shit. <sighs> George McFly. What yeah, was I'm blanking on too. Actor name. Colin Farrell. He was in Charlie's Angels. Crispin Glover. Okay, Crispin Glover. Um, they go into his whole thing about why he wasn't really in the second one. There's actually kind of different uh, reasonings between two different people. So I don't. It kind of sounds like it might have been a money thing, but also it sounds like the writers really didn't like him anyway. So they didn't want him to come back. So they purposely wrote him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the actor who played Crispin Glover in the second movie. Uh, and they made him like upside down he's interviewed and he talks about how his career kind of fell apart after that and how Crispin Glover was like talking to him while they were making the movie and once they found out that Crispin Glover was talking to him that they were like ticked at him and they shunned him for like the rest of the production and uh Crispin Glover apparently was a real weirdo during the first movie like he was taking it very seriously like he thought the script should have been a lot more stern a lot more serious he wanted it to be (laughs) his character's the least (laughs) right but like he thought they were making like something like Citizen Kane and I mean it's a good movie but he he thought they were going for like Citizen Kane Gone with the Wind that Mm -hmm. kind of level of a movie and he was kind of like I guess hard to work with that entire time Mm. so that part of it is never brought up in the documentaries it's never been brought up in any of the official books but this book written by someone else um, mm-hmm. Along with Bob Gale, uh, yeah, very interesting book. Like that stuff being brought up was like, oh, mm-hmm. I've never heard this before. Yeah, I wish he was still around for at least Back to Future Three instead of having two Martys. Like, I agree. Instead of having Marty play like Seamus. Um, well, they were gonna originally incorporate the dad in a lot more, uh, but then they rolled him out, and then they just had to kill him off in the movie. Mm-hmm. But there's conflicting reports about that, too, because then they're like, well, if that was the case, that there was an original plan, then why does Bob Gale, the writer, go around saying he never wanted Crispin Glover in it? Then what's this original script to Back to the Future 2 that has the dad even exist for? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, they were going to recast him all along. And then the director says, we were never going to recast him. So there's so many like different, yeah. like, you don't really know what happened. Yeah. Um, to me, I feel like it always goes back to money. It always has to do with money. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. he was just asking for too much. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Marty played his own daughter. <laughs> the one thing that movie uh, like <laughs> predicted sure was did. like like flat That's screen weird. TVs watching several channels at once, and uh, 
But for some reason, they thought we'd still have fax machines, which is like, well, I mean, we kind of do, but... You're mm-hmm. fired. You know what's funny? When he got fired, that's basically what Woof.com is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Send woof. woof. That's like woof. what that was. Send me a Woof. <laughs> it's on all of your devices. Um, <laughs> so my number two is Empire Strikes Back. We kind of went into that already. Mm-hmm. Um, good movie, good aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I feel like Chloe's going to be the only one who has movies that... Are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Hunter has got an interesting one for his movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Well, Evil Dead Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's Evil Dead Two, which we didn't even get to talk about that much. It's so good. Major League it. Two. Huh? Major League Two. No. That's your favorite movie, Major League Two. Evil Dead. Two. <laughs> um. Well, say what you didn't. What wasn't said before? I just, I, I could never say enough about Evil Dead Two. Someday, I hope we do a, a episode on mm-hmm. the anthology of Evil Dead. We this never was, have. We've never done Does one. Does that include the show? No TV. I'll probably mention <laughs> it, but really, the four movies I would say. Global made it very clear. You're not. Is like the remake even part of that? No, not really part of it, but it's still like very much worth talking about because it's a good movie. Sir, Bruce, Campbell's Bruce still in it. Campbell is in the he is in it. <laughs> he says groovy, and he like looks real stern at the camera. You know that whole conversation with you when I was like, he's in the end credits, and you're like, what? Because you didn't see it originally, and then yeah. I showed you, and you were like just kind of disappointed, like, oh, that's like, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, it doesn't. It's not like they start playing the whole. Does he like Evil Dead walk up to the cabin and then look? At no, the it's like black, movie. and you hear like. Groovy, and then he like turns. It's like, and then like <laughs> you see his face in the light, and it's like, like 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 a, I don't know, some kind of like a musical note, and that's it. <laughs> Groovy. And then he starts doing a musical number about Evil Dead. Yeah, dude, Evil Dead Two is so good. Like just as a standalone movie, it is so good. It's the perfect movie to watch at any moment of your life. True. If you just had the best day or worst day ever, pop in Evil Dead 2. I so desperately want to have an outdoor uh, movie party sometime, like like couches with a projector, and have like as many friends over as possible to watch Evil Dead 2. That sounds like the most fun thing ever. Really fun. I love Evil Dead 2. Heater really kicked up there. Yep. If we talk loud enough, you never really hear it in episodes. <laughs> Number two, My so number two is The Shining. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Nobody else brought that up. That's a good point. That's mm-hmm. like a staple a of the reason. 80s. It's like, yeah. It's a staple of horror movies, a staple of the 80s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, no biggie. Yeah. Tell us about it. Why is it your number two? I don't know. I just, I've loved it forever. Um, the shots are all like the opening shot is just so captivating and it's not really anything sexy mm-hmm. blue font yep love that <laughs> did, we, um, did we talk about that in the episode where I was like I think so maybe the font could have been a little better <laughs> you say sexy like the font should be less sexy or <laughs> I would love a, I would love a t-shirt where I don't it's just, like how this font is turning want, me on I right want, now I want, I want more sex appeal I want a navy blue <laughs> T-shirt with the baby blue, the shining, like with the font, and just like on a shirt, and then that's it. I want to have sex with this font so bad. Uh, I, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look that up. To see if that exists. Oh my lord! 
but yeah, it's just a great. <laughs> is it slow burn? I feel like it's kind of slow. It's burn. Slow, yeah. Builds up. It's a great movie. The font comes book. on and Chloe covers your eyes. Don't <laughs> <laughs> look, look at that sexy oh font. That's too sexy. I more sex appeal in this font. <laughs> this font needs Star less. Star Wars, sexiness. you have something to learn. We did an episode on this, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we dude, did. This Dr. one, Doctor Sleep. Sleep. Yep. Uh, my number two is Roger Rabbit. We talked about it. I haven't Just seen that movie since I was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you gotta say about it. Just grab it. No, I. <laughs> I never saw the movie as a kid, but I had seen clips of it, and that clip of her always just... It made me I was, I was so uncomfortable as a kid. Alright. F. Mary Kill. <laughs> <laughs> just, Jessica Rabbit. The font from The Shining. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Go. <laughs> Oh, man. The Necronomicon, we'll say. <laughs> oh, Kill just grab for sure. <laughs> what would you do? F the font, of course. And then marry the Book of the Dead? Yeah, that, the Necronomicon. that's love that keeps on giving. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Logical. <laughs> cool. Uh- that was a fun mini game. Let's bring that up again someday. <laughs> F Mary Kill. I'll just pick random things from different movies. <laughs> but the font from The Shining will always be an option. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, that the, the shirt doesn't exist, but I should make it and just give it to Zach. Here's your sexy blue font. Sexy. Well, I love about that movie too. Is Just when says sexy blue font. <laughs> <laughs> That's the words on the shirt. That's so good. He's making a whole series of T-shirts of the sexy, the sexy blue font T-shirts. Well, you should have like the sexy blue font, and then like really small in parentheses. Just put the shining. So, like, <laughs> like, oh, that's what, what is that? on the back? <laughs> it's one of those HTC books. Jack Nicholson's face. <laughs> <laughs> but it's his face from Anger Management. Wait, he's I, doing that. No, it's not Jack Nicholson. It's the it's the guy from from <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> well, I wanna, I wanna. Okay, if you're doing that, then I want one that's a sexy blue font, but it just says Scatman Carruthers. <laughs> Scatman Carruthers. And it's just in that ugly font. That killed me last episode. When he said Scatman Carruthers. Because Hunter was like, who is that? Is he also in Doctor Sleep? I'm like, yes. Scatman Carruthers is still alive. (laughs) You were talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You got anything else to say? (sighs) Just grab it. Gross. Um, Apparently. I love that movie. My number one movie is Back to the Future. My number one movie is Back to the Future. My number one movie, which is another one nobody's brought up yet, is Labyrinth. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is also my number one movie of all time. Okay. Fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> Hoggle. <laughs> oh, definitely. Obviously, yeah. the Goblin King. Or David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie, the bulge or the ball? <laughs> <laughs> Which F Mary Kill? 
<laughs> were we actually waiting? presenting you with this option? <laughs> Wait, did you in- did you say David Bowie's a separate option from <laughs> for the, the Goblin King? Yes. <laughs> uh, oh David God. Bowie singing the final song, and David Bowie singing "Dance the Magic Dance," <laughs> and then oh. Hoggle, <laughs> uh, F. Mary Kill, uh, Gareth, Jared, Jared. Jared is bald or the baby. Ooh. <laughs> 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 what was that like little snail thing at the beginning? Uh, it like a, a game? little worm. Okay. I don't remember his name. Well, uh, that and <laughs> hoggles. Isn't He's there very like cockney. Aren't there like hands? Oh yeah. That helping <laughs> those hands. Can, those can also be in there. Hmm. Whatever those puppets are that can roll their heads roll around. Their heads? <laughs> those are they can swap heads with bodies yeah. like each other's uh, put two The bog of eternal stench. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny when I think about like movies that should have giant Blu-ray releases, you got you know, you uh, Gone with the Wind, Back to the Future, uh, Citizen Kane, Blade Runner greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And then every time I've gone to the video store, one of the biggest ones I've ever seen is for Labyrinth. Like, Labyrinth yeah. has this giant... And it's so cool. It's like, the Blu-ray set is, like, all those staircases with a bunch of mirrors. Mm-hmm. It's well-designed. Oh, also, I don't know if Nate still listens to the podcast, but Nate Christian, you still have my yes. copy of Labyrinth. Every time I see him, he's like, he's like, tell Chloe I need to give her back the Labyrinth. I'm like, well, then give it back to her. Don't tell me to give it... <laughs> no, just, just tell her I gotta do it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> tell you, know, her you know, saying that doesn't mean she got it back. Like, you gotta give it back. It's my 30th anniversary edition. You got that digital book, like the one I have yeah. right behind you? Yeah, I do. Alright. My number one is Star Wars 5. Empire Strikes Back? No, Star Wars 5. Uh, oh, the fifth one made, so Attack of the Clones. Correct. Okay. Cool. That's not an <laughs> 80s movie, but I'll accept I'll, it. I'll read I'll just have to read it in my own <laughs> list. Uh, number one is the blue font from... <laughs> <laughs> it's just three hours of blue. <laughs> Sexy blue font. On our six man episode, when we do our top ten porns, it's just gonna be the blue font from The Shining. (laughs) Is that cyan? Is that technically the color? Cyan is a shade of blue. Well, that is our. We did it. That's it. We We did it. it. We got through every single 1980s movie. Um. It's crazy late over here in Minnesota, but are we in? Can we can we whip out our top oh. our, our our last movie on Earth? Yeah, I just want I just want to say the font is in fact cyan. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, if you haven't uh, heard us play this game before, it's a game where we try to guess uh, each other's last movie we saw for points. These points get uh, added to a score. We keep episode to episode. Um, if uh, you guess someone's movie, you get a point. If someone, if no one guesses your movie, you get two points. And uh, yeah, Justin, what are our scores so far for twenty twenty? Uh, Hunter and Zach are tied with two. Chloe's got three. Woo! Justin has six. Dang, I forgot you. You're loaded over there. Yeah, I'm off to a good start. We might. You might as well quit here. Um, I'll say mine, mm-hmm. and I'll just I'll just see if you guys get. A rich woman and a calculating insurance agent plot to kill her unsuspecting husband after he signs a insurance policy. Against a backdrop of distinctly Californian settings, the partners in crime plan the perfect murder to collect the insurance, which pays double if the death is accidental. 
Say it again. Um, a rich woman and a calculating insurance agent plot to kill her unsuspecting husband after he signs a insurance policy <laughs> against the backdrop of distinctly Californian settings. Um, which means it just it's in California. The partners in crime plan the perfect murder to collect the insurance, which pays double if the death is accidental. I feel like I've seen. It's set up to pay an insurance payout um, but it's going to pay double if he's if it's an accidental death um, and it's by directed by Billy Wilder it's from 1944 oh. yeah it's, no a bit, it's a bit older and he they pay they pay double uh, it pays double in insurance uh double equity double Insurance. What's it called when you get insurance back? <laughs> Double insurance payout. Double Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy. <laughs> From 1944. <laughs> is it really Double Jeopardy? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, is there a 1944 version of Double, Double Jeopardy? It would help cuts. if I said it stars Fred McMurray. <laughs> oh! Yeah. No. Uh, do you have a guess, Zach? Second. Does this star Laurel and Hardy? Uh, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, Moneyball 2. Sure. <laughs> they made the first, second one before the first one almost decades yeah, later. Hey, Claudia, you got a guess? It's, um, it's about double, so. Twice the price. Well, I thought you were going to say Tale of Two Kings. Double Trouble. Because it's literally about doubles. Wait. Did you even hear the plot? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. But Tale of Two Kitties isn't from 1944. Oh, so that guess is out of the question. Unlike other times when you've dropped it, you drop it like. Yeah, when it's within a somewhat similar time frame. Oh, okay. Any movie that released in 2006. Yeah. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I got nothing. Alright. Um, the movie was called Double Indemnity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I read that. It's, it's sitting on my PS4 over yeah, there. Yeah, I read that so many times <laughs> sitting here. I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, yeah, Indemnity. Good movie. Good work. It's a good movie. Um, with Like they say in the title, it's the perfect crime, and watching it, you're like, wow, this really is the perfect crime. And someone figures out said crime, and it's pretty... Um, I buy how he was able to figure it out. So it's mm-hmm. it's a. I wasn't too into it at first, but once it gets to the crime and everything, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this is such a good movie. Um, <laughs> old movies still do it. A secret military project endangers Neo Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath that only two teenagers in a group of. Si- yep. Mm-hmm. The one you were talking about. <laughs> the one I was talking about earlier. <laughs> Would you have guessed it if I had it? That's the plot? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. With that plot, too, I'm like, oh, okay, that's very, amazing. like, Godzilla without Godzilla. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Like, seriously, I mean, Christopher Nolan could do a good job of this, but I think it would do better with a... I would say either Denis Villeneuve or... Um, Alex Garland, is that his name? The guy who did um, Ex Machina and... Um, Annihilation. Annihilation, yeah. I think he could do a real snazzy job of it. 
Or maybe even like Guillermo del Toro since he's done kaiju stuff in the past. Right. Um, it's got some big epic type of shots in it that I think. But it really comes down to like editing and like the music that makes the movie seem um, deeper. So, mm-hmm. good movie. Huh. It's it's this is the second anime I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I've just never been exposed to anime much. I've had a lot of people try to get me to watch stuff. Mm. Like I've, I haven't seen any Studio Ghibli stuff. Um, but uh, I. Uh, did that movie? Did that light just come on out of nowhere? No. No, I'm just I'm just staring. I at thought it a light up. just came out of nowhere. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is the second one I've ever seen, and it's giving me hope for anime. Four I, and a half stars. After watching my favorite porn movie last night, it gave me hope for hentai. So yeah, <laughs> I'll save it for episode sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with that sexy blue font. That's what the, <laughs> so it's gonna be. I don't care what topic it is. It's gonna be called that sexy blue font. Cinema Swamp sixty nine sexy blue font. <laughs> that sexy blue oh font. Oh my though. good lord! Okay. Um. And I'm gonna go complete for the icon. It's not gonna be a hand. It's not. Okay. It's not. It's, it's gonna be that font. It's just gonna be black. It's gonna be say sexy blue font. We are going to, for episode 69, I'm going to come up with a game show episode, and it's just going to be F. Mary Kill, and it's going to be, like, a mix of inanimate object, objects and actors and, like, <laughs> Dude, that actually kind of whole songs <laughs> from movies and stuff. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, my It's going to be, like, that one scene where... And then <laughs> Jay! <laughs> Jay! <laughs> so good. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Um, a disfigured slasher creeps into the night and turns his victim's fears into reality. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know why I couldn't say it. Mm. Which one? Wait, you said you only saw the, the first, first one. one. You said you only saw the first one. Nightmare on Elm Street, the new the one. The original one. Oh. Is it really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. I hate you. I wanted to rewatch it just to remind myself how terrible it is. Wait, does that's that count down. I said the title. Huh? Should, do we have to say what year, or do we just say? Title? I feel like you have to just dis- because it's the I would same say, title. Yeah, because you dis- if you decide which one it is, because it's not we really movies. have followed. It's the same title. I, will say, I feel like we've unintentionally established a rule of person with movie needs to be satisfied with your answer. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a case by case basis. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like we've been because, like me, I'm, I'm very loose. Like if you can't get the sub. I don't care unless it's a tie, and I'm like, we'll say the subtitle. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get. What, yeah. See, but like with that one, it was a tie, kind of. Why? Because Zach said it. Zach, I, I was it, the first one to clarify like, which one I yeah, would choose. You have to yeah. clarify if it's the same title. You have to clarify. What year did it come out? <laughs> Damn, two thousand eight, ten. You Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's the tiebreaker. <laughs> Come on, bitter boy. Would you, was it better the second viewing? No. Oh. Well, one can hope. It's bad. You know, I directed that movie. That's why I killed well, someone. Sucks. Six unsuspecting dinner guests are gathered together by their host, who is blackmailing them. Dinner for schmucks. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? What? Which one? You say clue? Oh my god. Yeah. Which one? The original board game. <laughs> Not the updated one. Where Was they it made. Dinner for Schmucks? Is there a remake? <laughs> There's gonna be. 
Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> hey, they have a lot planned for it. They have a title and a studio. That's a lot. I stupidly <laughs> told her what movie I watched. Earlier. You told me, but then I forgot. Mm. I did. Was it Dinner Fresh Mugs? No, it was Clue. <laughs> oh, it was Clue? Yeah, it's Are you like serious? an 80s movie. Didn't it sound like I know it was a movie, but I thought... Because you said Dinner for Schmucks. Didn't you? Doesn't it sound like Dinner for Schmucks? Yeah. 18 unsuspecting... Get, six know. unsuspecting dinner guests together. Oh, there's a lot more than six for Dinner for Schmucks. Madness and... Oh, wait, you have it down by the numbers? <laughs> you I just thought it was on you'll, you'll also stopped me before I read the rest. Well, Madness ensues... When Tim people Curry. in the house start ending up dead. <laughs> well, if I would have known you were going to mention Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clue. It's my first time watching it. It was really good. I liked it. Uh, <laughs> one thing. Uh, so, Mr. Green, uh, the thing that they're blackmailing him for is that he's like a senator and he's gay. But, Ooh. Oh, wait. You guys haven't seen it, have you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't want to read it then. He's a little outdated. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Never with with, with yeah, that it was, alone, it it made me laugh, but it also made me cringe. Nineteen eighties yeah. movie, character is gay, and I'm like, okay, I bet it's outdated. <laughs> it's pretty. It's kind of like when you hear, you know, nineteen eighties movie stars uh, minority. It's like, all right, uh, guessing it's outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, Tammy and the T Rex. <laughs> but they did that a really cool a thing at the end. Icon with the three endings. I'm trying. I don't know if I've ever. That's another one where I've heard rumors where they're like, "Oh, they would always play a different ending for each theater it was at." But I've never have had confirmation on that. I don't know if that's even true. I'm like, I I feel like the version I saw with the th- just all three endings playing. I feel like. I feel like that's how it was always intended. I don't think they. I, I feel like that's always been a rumor well, no, that so they like, have the cards that are like, oh, and then it could go this way. Well, then straight up, like, Wayne's World, like, made fun of it then. Because they did that same thing. And, yeah. And I don't know. Mm. I, I I think it's always been a rumor. But it's a cool idea. I, I It would be cool if it actually was real that it played differently at each theater. But I've never gotten confirmation. I also saw Honey Boy. Was mm. it good? Was it worth it? Yeah, it was good. Okay. Was it's it on Prime. Even Stevens? Yeah. Did it have, it's like, just, a lot of references? Had a couple, yeah. I like that. I'll see it just for that. It's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, scores at Zach has two, Hunter has three, Chloe has four, Justin has nine. <laughs> cool. Sorry. After a good start. You know, I I got I I watched an older movie, but you know, at the fact that it's there and it's there, you guys. I know you, you deserve guys don't it. check my Blu-ray stacks. Oh, anymore. what? I was looking at the whole time and did so not I think of it. I usually check that too, just because I'm like, oh, is he gonna give us a freebie? <laughs> he never does. Okay, I gotta go to bed. Yeah, Zach yeah. has to work at Aldi in the morning, so go visit him when this episode's uploaded next week. And uh, we'll be having Jai Courtney on next week as well. But thanks for listening, everyone. Um, sleep good. Yeah. Drive home safe. Don't drink too much, but don't drink too little. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> to the right amount. Thanks for listening, and remember, always beware the cinema swamp. swamp. Thanks for listening to this episode. What did you think of our choices, and what would you remove or add? Leave a comment on our episode, like our pages on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Cinema Swamp. And remember, always beware the cinema swamp.